Welcome to the Scavy Boys podcast, everyone. Hope everyone have a, is having a great day. My name is Church. I am a new and aspiring Tarkov content creator, and today I have Dan with me. <laughs> hey, guys. Also, Gigabeef. Hey, how's it going? Shifty. Hi, everybody. And ex-villain Ghost. What up, what up, guys? <laughs> Good to be here. So how's it going, guys? Yeah, things are going things are going good. I've um I've been taking a little bit of a break. The guys in my community know I've been taking a bit of a break because uh had a kid and that's kind of put a put a bit of a stop to the old Twitch streaming for the time being. Um but nice, you know, bro. gonna be going gonna be going back back again and in a little bit we'll be uh, getting some getting some schedules on. So I've not actually been playing the last two weeks. Um but I've been browsing one-handed on the reddit um desperately trying to you know keep connected to the community and uh stave off just the the nappy changing boredom <laughs> how are you finding being a dad it's interesting yeah it's uh it's, it's good it's good it's uh i think it's going to get more exciting you know um when things get a bit more um it gets a bit more talk you mean when the baby's stuff. not sleeping 24 hours yeah, a day. Yeah, when they're not sleeping 20 hours a day, you know, and then you can uh, you know, introduce them to the world of gaming and, you know, that kind of thing. And then, then it'll get, uh, then it'll get good. <laughs> nah, it's all good. It's all good. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, congrats, bro. That's awesome. I thought it was your guys second, been? so it's your first. Uh, no, it's my first. My first, yeah. It's your first. That's awesome, yeah. dude. You're going to love yeah, it, Yeah, it's dude. crazy. You'll love it. So have you guys been? What's the last two weeks been like? Oh, you got to fill me in. Well, there was a few bugs. There was the uh, lobby bug, which I'm sure a few people are slightly irritated about. There's a few players out there that have to uh, restart their game after every single raid, which is uh, quite a game-breaking bug. I got that. You got that one? Oh, no yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. So unlucky, Ghost. And I got the never-ending uh, queue bug as well. So if you leave the game open for longer than a few minutes without going into a match, then you have to actually restart another time. So you have to, there is a bypass. You could quickly ready up and then quickly back out. <laughs> and then it makes it so that you don't have to restart the whole client, but you do have to do that if you don't start a match within like probably five or so minutes. I mean, so, these are, oh these goodness. are so sporadic as well. Like they are, I, I, I don't know if anyone's actually dealt, uh, delved into what the issue is, but I mean, mm -hmm. I've got people in my community that have it all the time and there is no reason for them. The only thing that I can relate to is the fact that one of them has a 3090 and uh, another one of them has a 3070. So I'm wondering if it's something to do with the new 30 series graphics cards. Who knows? I mean, maybe that, but uh, literally it's just a game breaking bug for those people. They get so irritated because they just have to constantly shut down and restart the game. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not ideal. <laughs> Hopefully I've kind of missed that one with my old, old series GPU. So um, I guess like the was the first um, topic that you'd put down, Church, which I think is actually a good one to talk about. It's everyone's favorite topic, the star rounds. You guys been getting flashed oh, all the time or is it still is this still a, a thing? Is this still a thing for this last couple of weeks? I can't imagine why it wouldn't be. I mean, if if I was just going to stick my two cents in there, it's still... It, does seem wildly overpowered every time i go on reddit people complaining about it and other people going no you just have to counter it appropriately blah 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 but i mean it just seems way too good to me it's you know you you, you point in someone's general direction and then boom zarya in the face with no delay it's i don't i don't understand yeah. how people can think that it's balanced 
there's not a lot you can do against it to yeah. be honest like i've had this conversation as well i've said you know i'm i'm always down to like um you know talk things through with people but it, it's just like oh you have to get around them you have you, you know if they're locking a place down then you just can't go in there and it's like well that's not really a choice you know what i mean sometimes you have to go in somewhere because of a uh for a task or you know um you just need to get in there because you need to loot or whatever you know it's not mm -hmm. always the case that you can just go around or you just what do they expect you to do just sit there and you know at the end of the day tarkov is a game and there needs to be i don't know if everything needs a counter like not everything needs a sticky counter uh sticky yeah. counter a solid counter sorry but um like but there has to be an option like what you're saying is entirely right there is just if if someone gets you with that flash, flash shotgun they can literally chain flash you for as long as they've got rounds they can even reload all yeah. eight rounds before you can see a thing it's crazy but i mean sunglasses have been in the game for a while yet they do absolutely nothing um there's there's so many little things that they could potentially add to the game to give you a slight not an, a, a complete nerf to it but just to counter the issue just to give you some way of actually being able to see something an outline a shape or something so that you can counter it and that's the thing i mean if you look at all of the other uh heavy uh game mechanics out there like the gl and all of those kinds of things there's there's other things in place to offset the issue slightly like gl is the rarity of it the expense of it whereas this flat shotgun yeah. the only thing that you've got issue is actually buying the rounds because they go so quickly when the reset happens everyone seems to take them up and i mean labs is just hilarious you can genuinely go into labs and you'll just find two people running one with a shotgun and one with an mp7 one of them flashes you, or the other one just shoots yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Make sure you flash by, you know, seeing if you're facing the wall, and then they one tap you. Like <laughs> nothing you can do. Like I got flashed. I actually got flashed quite bad in uh, Meth Lab, and it, it really frustrated me. Um, but you know, I just, I was just like, there's nothing I could have done about that. Yeah. I literally got flashed, and then I was like, well, now I'm dead. So I just let go of my keyboard and mouse and let it happen. You know, it's, it, it's exactly that, though, isn't it? Because your your screen goes black. You get the white thing in the middle of the screen, and you can't do a thing. You can just the only thing you could do is just spray and pray that you manage to uh, hit someone. But that's no way to play. I think like no, the, exactly. you you kind of hit upon an interesting point there, which is about like you know the GL with the rarity, and they've made I don't know what they're even at now, but when I last looked, they were you know four million or something each, and I feel that it's almost one of those things where this is like it almost touches on other stuff about <clears throat> making the game not um, not necessarily hardcore, but just a bit different, and that it would it would almost be okay for me to have these kind of like overpowered things in the game if they were like finding raid only and you couldn't buy them on the flea something something like that so every now and then like oh yeah you pick up some star rounds and oh let's have a let's have a little play with them and then you know you get to shoot some people but then after that it's done whereas like before i mean it was it was just come in when i was um still still playing a bit and obviously i said i haven't played for a little bit but um the gut the shotgun was so cheap and the rounds are so cheap as long as you can actually mm -hmm. get in on the trader reset like if you're if you've got like any any way decent amount of money you may as well just have one in your secondary slot there's like basically no reason not to because it's so good it's almost the same price as it's just it's in the realm of of prices of general grenades and utility right because it's just not that expensive and so because of that you may as well just have it the whole time i was just running two guns when i was uh, when i was trying it out because it just is it's so cheap that it's it's not um it's not a problem so you either need to go one way or the other you need either need to make it really expensive like something like the t7 thermal headset right no one runs that because it's so expensive so maybe it's a bit maybe that one's a bit too far but like people who say you can't balance with price like you kind of can because it's about like how often you see it in game like if you get killed by it every now and then you're not gonna be so frustrated whereas if it's cost yeah. 100 rubles off the flea it's super annoying right and so if it was kind of rare even though it's not necessarily ex an ex well i guess if you can't buy it then it is then it is expensive kind of by its uh <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the perfect accessory to have with uh, a pistol. Like, genuinely, can just sit around a corner and rat on on a factory or any map like that interchange with the flash shotgun. You can flash someone, just pull out a PM pistol with the worst ammo in the <laughs> game, line up your shot, and just shoot. They can't see a thing for. I mean, I, I haven't counted it, but it must be over a minute. Like, it feels like forever whenever you get flashed. I got flashed. I think the on, most yeah. recent count was 27 seconds that people are posting wow. that it lasts. Yeah, it's I I, was, I got flashed from a factory and I was fortunate enough to as he was flashing me I hit fired and killed him. But I was running trying to go inside like gate 3 and I was just like still blind. I was like wow, this lasts a long time and then I finally could see and I That's was like, not, like in a different good, corner somewhere else. <laughs> like so he's not just extract PNC. camping, he was extract camping with star routes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was gate, I guess it's gate zero, whatever, one of the gates you saw. Oh, okay, at. I thought you were talking about the main gate. Okay, okay. No, I said the wrong gate, but uh, yeah, it, I, I mean, 27 videos. Well, I was, was going to say, it's not the full time, is it? Like 27 seconds no, is when you start getting your sight back or are you completely yeah, good well, after that? 27 was when um, you started to see that burst on your screen and it started right. fading yeah. back to scene. But I mean, I mean, it's like getting shot with the visor four times with how big the burst is on your screen. It's still very hard to see. And like, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, it's still really hard to see in general. I think that, you know, with the star rounds, it would just be better if it was closer to the length of Azaria so that when it happens, it would be like getting Zarya versus this new like mutant Zarya that you get hit with because 27 seconds is pretty, pretty ridiculous. There's not a lot that, you know, like all of you have already said, there's not a lot that you could do with something like that. You kind of just have to, you know, wait and pray and spray. I feel like it doesn't scale at range. Like it's very flat. If you know what well, I mean. Nothing. Like, the, yeah. Like, yeah, I was probably like... I was off. probably like five, seven meters away. Like I, I, I don't really know. I mean, maybe it was more mm -hmm. like ten. And uh, yeah, I was blind like forever. The other thing I saw is Voxy did a really good video, and he was doing some tests. And it, from what I understood, it was like you didn't have to aim directly at him. Like you could be, it was like 180 degrees. So if you had the like gun in the doorway and you shot, and they were like facing the doorway, they would get blind. So it's mm. like it's, you don't even need to point at them. It was right. just like, oh man, it's like in their right. general direction. Yeah, it's kind of like I don't know. I mean, that's the I problem. Right? They... That's that's why it's so good. That's the reason yeah. why it's so good. You don't even have to aim. It, mm, just pull familiar. the trigger and run. <laughs> and unlike the um, GL, you're not even going to kill yourself with it. I mean, there's <laughs> an, there's another element of elephant in the room with this though is the fact that what happens with the person shooting it? You don't get flashed at all. Like surely, if you're going to let off a massive flash grenade or shotgun shell. Right in front of you. I know the barrel's bit. facing the other way. Yeah, but not no. anywhere near in comparison anywhere, to the person no. that's looking at the gun. No, like, you can still you see like still mutually assured people. destruction. Well, I just like, you in my head, if you let <laughs> exactly, it's like a that could be a trade-off. Is is it's like a last resort, like to get you out of a sticky situation? I don't know, but it just kind of feels to me like if if a flash shotgun was to go off straight in front of you, you would definitely have some sort of discomfort. If you're looking at it from the point of view of the user as well, I don't know. I mean, does he have a special thing on him? I, is there some sort of shield at the end of the muzzle that stops you from getting flashed? I have no idea, well, but it just seems I mean, like really one-sided. It probably it probably is though. In, in if you're looking at it from a realistic implementation, it probably is designed that way. Yeah, but that is. doesn't help with the, <laughs> the conversation. Yeah. I just don't know how the hell you balance this thing. I really don't. The only way you can balance it is by having less of them. It's like the GL, right? How do you balance that? You make it really expensive and you have less of them. 
So anyway, you kind of like semi-take it out of the game. I don't know, I don't know how you balance it otherwise. It's just insane, especially if people I, running duos with it. Found in raid, isn't it? Just make it found in raid only. Then That's, and then yeah. you can control how much it spawns, and then you can control how many are in the game. Um I would then say... the, the economy would decide how much it's worth, you know? Right. Yes. Like uh, th- yeah. they could balance it by economic means or they could count balance it by gameplay mechanics, right? Because it's it's either like either they want it to be like as good as like a GL but not lethal, or they want to put it like as like a utility item, right? So then they could like be not soup like kind of like mid tier value instead of like really high value like it is now. So however they want to do it, it's up to them. But I guess they kind of attempted to do that where they made the round rounds like what three every two hours. How many can you buy every reset? I don't know. I don't know how how much it is, but they they because when it first came out, it was like unlimited, and everybody <laughs> was just running around with it. Yeah, and then went from ten to eight, and then yeah. I don't know what it's at now. But I do feel like with the rarity change, I at least have noticed it a lot less. Like I pretty much run, I pretty much run customs ninety percent of the time, and I run dorms about eighty percent of that time. So. In dorms in the beginning, it was to the point where I'm like, all right, well, let's just explore the rest of this map because dorms was pretty unplayable <laughs> at the very start. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like three teams pushing dorms with star rounds. And then now it's at the point where it's like, I honestly hardly encounter it. Like, I don't encounter it as much. And when I do, it's like pretty meme Like, the guys are coming in naked with star rounds and that's it. <laughs> and uh, so, you know. It, it 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 has happened but not to the extent when they first dropped when they first dropped it was kind of like all right so should we play apex legends for you know a couple <laughs> rounds um and it was it was that's how it felt like you know because especially because i wasn't really venturing out into playing all these other things and then it was very you know common in labs it's common in factory all these places right you know resort yeah. all the all the close quarter combat scenarios where people can be really get those cheeky uh star rounds but i i've noticed it a lot less giga so for you to ask like you know i haven't played in a week how has it been i personally from my experience have seen um a lot less of it that's probably good that's probably a good thing i mean yeah people um i think someone's just saying in, in shifty's chat i was just keeping an eye on it but just like i was actually gonna say the same thing which is that people probably just get a bit bit fed up of doing it right they want to play normal yeah. tarkov people don't play tarkov just to run around flashbanging people it's not it's not actually that it's not that fun um, and after fine. having a few joke rounds, you're like, oh, yeah, well, I'll just go back to playing normal now, even though it's kind of OP. Like, you know, the GL was super OP. How many people were actually running it? Some people were, but yeah, exactly. people get fed up after a while. Things always, whenever something new comes into the game, it's always like you just see everywhere. Then BSG realize how broken it is. They take it off the market. <laughs> they have a play with it, put it back, and then it's kind of better and not as bad and then it kind of just exists like like you're saying with like the grenade launcher and stuff like that like when when do you actually see people using the grenade launcher now like how often do you hear the gl40 popping up in a raid like <laughs> literally it, I, one every 50 or 60 raids of labs if if any like it's so exactly. sporadic so i mean i mean i don't i literally stay away from labs to be honest um we've got guys in the chat saying that it's really obviously really powerful on labs being like a cqb map and yeah. a lot of the sight lines are basically like perfect distance you know um but mm-hmm. on the outdoor maps i probably i think i heard one on shoreline today once i just heard one pop off like it sounded like somebody was just trying it out and that was it probably stashed it <laughs> and then went on <laughs> and looted the resort but 
yeah, it's it's just one of those things. I think, you know, there's that shock value and then it gets sort of implemented properly and then it kind of fits and you don't see it as much anymore. And I think it it will become a rarity, you know, getting flashed with the with the star rounds. So I'm wondering if it's gonna come up again when they finally release the under grenade barrel launchery type attachments so if you can have on some of your guns you know they've got the under barrel slot that currently nothing goes into mm. if you're able to put a shotgun shell into one of those under barrel attachments actually it could be incredibly good you could run around with your uh, assault rifle and and use a star round uh, as a flash if you're going around a corner or something i think actually for utility wise i would much prefer that but i think that's the next resurgence if they ever implement that and that will be the next time we see it being hugely uh, used. It's a very specialist caliber, though, so I'm not sure if that would, if they'd actually do that. I don't know if like the regular That's 40 the mil actually has a flash on it. I'm not, I'm not sure because this thing's like the proper special Russian, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a four gauge, isn't it? Four gauge yeah. shotgun thing. <laughs> um, I don't. It wouldn't surprise me if there were like 40 mil flash rounds. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, so think, it's the kind of breach entry isn't it it's that kind of yeah you think there's something like that probably would exist um we definitely got there's a number of like grenade launchers that definitely come into the game i mean the gr40 itself is native to the uh the scar platform um and if you look at if you you know if you type it in google and have a look and stuff like that like you can actually see the gr40 fitted to like the scar and stuff like that Mm. and then we've got like the uh the g is it the gr25 like the the russian one that goes on like the ak's and stuff like they were in the game long long time ago like back in like 0.1 we had underbar grenade launchers on the ak's and then like you'd literally fire one and it would just shut the whole server down (laughs) so they had to take (laughs) them back out and and obviously they haven't come back for like the last three years uh, but these grenade launchers, M203 uh, on the M16 platform, M320 for like the M4 and like carbine platforms, like they are coming to the game. Um, and obviously, you know, we're going to have like master key shotgun attachments. There's going to be like new ways to breach doors. I know that's going off in a, on a bit of a tangent. Um, but these like under barrel utility items, objects will will definitely be, see a use. You know, there's loads of smoke grenades. There's 40 millimeter smoke grenades and stuff like that that, we'll see more of a use, you know, like deploying mm-hmm. actual good smoke over range. Um, yeah. I think as yeah, I think once we start seeing them being fitted underneath weapons, we're going to see a lot more of them. Like they will, like you say, research again, um, which is kind I'd of exciting, kind of scary. So I'd love to, I'd love to see some good smokes in the game. I think the game's missing it. It would be really, really cool. Like the, yeah. the ones right now, they just take way too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need some M18s yeah. to, you know, red, blue, green, all that good smoke. And, I mean, yeah, running into a resort or somewhere with smoke grenades is going to make life so much more fun and more interesting in those close quarter battles and being able to run through corridors and get away from stuff. So I'm really excited to see smoke grenades and stuff in the game properly where they're actually used. Um, but I know that is a bit of a tangent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It would be nice if the smoke actually reacted to the wind as well. Like imagine, this is going to be a nerdy, but like imagine if you could figure out which way the wind was blowing and then you could deploy the smoke upwind and then you could obviously have that wind go up like blow across what it was that you wanted to conceal you know stuff like that would be amazing rather than just have like a big blob of smoke in the middle of <laughs> the woods like yeah 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 you know. a little more tactical yeah for sure <clears throat> have you ever flown a thrown a, a smoke grenade into the lake it still smokes it just takes a long time to start coming out of the water <laughs> Well, like bubbles, like not bubbles, but like comes. It just literally starts appearing out of the top of the lake. I (laughs) I did it last night on stream. We were like, "Will it work? Will it go out?" Let's see physics on Tarkov, and sure enough, it just starts uh, 
creating a smoky lake. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's uh, I guess that's the star round, isn't it? I mean, in terms of the other things are on the patch. Um, is there anything else that anybody kind of is enjoying using? Like, for instance, I'm not a huge fan of the uh, new bullpup. Yeah. RFB, and I know it's got a place, but I like, I uh, definitely don't seem to enjoy using it at range. I think it's definitely a close quarter gun, if anything. But I ran a raid with it um, before. It was actually the last the last stream I did. I ran a raid with it. It, it was okay. It seemed like a, a crappy MDR <laughs> um, 308, and it was fine. And I killed a bunch of people with it, and it was we had a good time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's okay. It, it's all right. I think it's just like a, a sort of cheaper MDR type thing. You, you, I mean, it's one of those ones. It's another one of those guns where you just you just slap a Valde on it, and then you're kind of good to go. Um, yeah, I mean, I personally like it, but I come from... I think most of the games I play, I prefer semi-automatic weapons in general. So having that also is kind of cool to pull away from the full auto meta. Um, in Tarkov and just switch things up a little bit and force me to be a little bit more accurate because I know a lot of times like I will be like most guys where I'm like all right we're gonna get all headshots and we're gonna go for the headshots but then in the midst of battle you're like all right dude I got an HK with 60 rounds let's just mow all these guys down real quick we'll do we'll do headshots the next one and you just (laughs) thorax three dudes right and then this one it's like you can't do that you have to make sure that you're landing your shots so it does, uh, you know, make me be a little bit more alert, a little bit of a better player. And uh, I think it's probably more situational since, you know, the meta right now is full auto. Um, and like you're saying, you know, Giga, it's like it is just like a cheaper MDR. The stats are a little bit different, um, but it's close enough. Um, the only thing that I wish that they would have that they would do is um, for the MDR is is run the 30 round mags. But other than that, you can run 30s on this, which is pretty cool. So um, if you need them, the point that you can't run, you know, uh, lasers is kind of, you know, sucky. Yeah, I agree. You definitely notice it on the hip fire. Like I tried to hip fire some dude pretty close. Um, and, and mind you, obviously, every gun has a different hip fire spread. So you have to get used to each individual weapon. But I was like, bro, where are the <laughs> where are these shots going, bro? Like, who am I hitting? Am I hitting somebody? And I'm on customs. I'm probably hitting dudes in woods right now. Where are they going? But. Other than that, you know, it's cool. It's not game breaking, but it's cool. Yeah, it's just I get I like it's quite funny because I I sort of play the other way. I'm very much a full auto kind of guy in in most games. I'm very very rarely use semi auto, and so kind of like the SR twenty fives and the MDR. I mean, I actually I, well the MDR is full auto. That's why I quite like it. But then this one and then the M one A. Actually, it's like the M one A. I hardly ever use it, and so this for me kind of just gets bundled into that other bucket of ah, semi auto guns. I'm probably going to use <laughs> yeah, twice yeah. and then just never use again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't really change anything for me. Um, have you guys found the bleeding? Um, like so when I played a bit, there was like some heavy bleed situation, but because the because uh, the Solewa just heals the heavy bleeds, it wasn't really a problem for me. I didn't really find it a big deal. But they broke the Solewa. Uh, the Solewa. I mean, that in my opinion now is almost useless because of how much it costs to uh, heal a heavy bleed. It's what one fifty at the moment. Yeah, one fifty or four hundred to a heavy bleed. So you genuinely just have a uh, a static bandage or whatever they are right they seem to be the best thing to deal with heavy bleeds in my opinion i think it's definitely um brought a lot of changes to the game uh even ones that you're unaware of until it really affects you and i think that um them moving to salewa to 150 
and I, I think it's because nobody was running tourniquets at first because everyone's like, oh, I'll just run a Slewa. I mean, I can heal for 90, uh, whatever, take 90 of my Slewa. I don't care. I'll still, you know? And so, which all of us were doing that. So when they made it 150, now we're like, oh, well, now we have to run tourniquets. <laughs> now we have to either run double Slewa or we have to run a tourniquet. And I mean, I personally like it. It's one extra item to run. But I feel like, you know, arterial bleeds are definitely different than than light bleeds. And we've uh, I've actually already found multiple times people that are hiding in bushes because I follow the blood trail, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, we were on shoreline. and I'm like, where did this dude go? And me and my boy Tom were looking for him and looking for him. And then we're like, oh, there's blood. And we just followed the blood to the bush he was. And so that's really cool. And then also the overwhelming aspect of having a heavy bleed in the midst of engaging other people that brings a whole new mental aspect in my opinion to the game because i i'm over here knowing like i need to tourniquet but i also can't stop engaging these guys and that mental gameplay um has definitely added to the intensity of the game for me i know you guys probably have other things to say about it but i, just... I completely agree like that's that's the huge part of it if you start getting shot and you get a heavy bleed you will bleed out incredibly quickly if you don't do something about it that's why i like um, the stim, zag, noostin, or whatever it is, and uh, the hemostatic bandages because they're quite quick to apply and they stop the heavy bleeds. I, I mean, it makes the one thing that I had to really get used to, and I, I kind of am I'm sad that Battle State did it, but I'm used to it now. Was they made the heavy bleed the, the same icon as the original bleed? So when I'm looking at my character in a fight, yeah, yeah, I think I'm just bleeding, but yeah. actually yeah, they brought a new yeah, one in for light bleeding, and it was really cheeky. disorientating. Um, yeah, obviously, agree. that's just a that's just a game change, isn't it? It's just trying to get used to the mechanic. But um, I mean, it's it's definitely made getting shot a lot more risky. You cannot just run around while bleeding for a while and finish off your fight and then heal up. Like it genuinely, you heavy bleeding just takes away your health so quickly. Yeah, I'm gonna have to see because I think like yeah, because that was always the issue with light bleeds. You could just kind of ignore it um, for for mm -hmm. quite a while while you were mm -hmm. fighting, and then just like fix it later. Um, so we're gonna kind of have to see. Well, I'm gonna have to see how that kind of works out in my own play, but I think like I think where it's gonna really suck, um, which is not a problem right now. I think it's gonna suck at the beginning of next wipe, because now everyone's yeah. got you know even stand account players have got at least epsilon probably if you've been playing for a bit right, and so you've got yeah. enough space to take all your things. But standard guys who are going back to the full square on, on the beginning of wipe, that's gonna be really tough because <laughs> yeah, church is waving over there. That's uh, you know, when you've got all these extra items, I think that's when it really hurts the most, right? It's when you don't have as much space. So I, I do think on, on balance it probably does make it harder for newer players, um, really, because it doesn't really you know, if you've got extra money, it doesn't matter so much because you can lose more items, it doesn't really matter. Um or if you've got a bigger case and you can take more stuff, it's not as big a deal. Well, I think so they've I balanced think... it slightly by introducing a lot more spawns for the new heavy bleed bandages, etc. I mean, yeah, at the start when they first came out, it was almost impossible on a scav. If you got heavy bleed, you're just you're dead. Can't do anything mm -hmm. about it. Whereas now you spawn with them on scavs a lot more. You find them in med cases. They seem to be a lot more uh, in scav pockets, etc. It's like the scavs have also been screwed over by BSG, so they don't have to carry uh, heavy bandages, etc., to heal themselves. So, I mean, they're a lot more common now. So. Uh, I'm kind of. I feel like it's like that when they increased the uh, weight limit last wipe, when everyone was like raving about the fact that we're at the end of, uh, you know, we we did the uh, we got to the end of the wipe and they increased the weight limit and everyone was struggling to run around with stuff and they had to level their strength up and we we're kind of trying to run end level gear but we hadn't all got our strength up and all that kind of stuff. It's a similar thing. I think when we wipe, it, mechanics going to be there. People are going to be used to it and it will just kind of settle itself into uh, the background. 
and become the norm. But I do get your point in terms of uh, not having enough space in your container. But then at the same time, they're quite cheap from a therapist in terms of the free use hemostatic uh, bandages and stuff. I mean, that and the painkillers is quite useful just to stick in your pockets. And it doesn't matter if you lose them too much. But Yeah, the heavy bleed. Uh, this is what I've been I've been talking about this quite a lot. Um, that it's actually really cheap to to fix a heavy bleed. Yeah. Um, like you say, the hemo and the uh, the Esmarch, the tourniquet. Like I'm on I'm on the game at the moment, and just looking right now, the Esmarch available level one, one thousand three hundred rubles. It's actually a third of the price of an AI two to stop a heavy bleed. <laughs> uh, which you know is it doesn't cost anything. It's it's just a case. All it costs is is your attention, or us as players. Like we need to make sure that we're paying attention to like, um, you know, uh, what what may I come up against this raid? You know, uh, am I expecting? Am I just going for scavs? Am I going sneaky? Am I going to need this? But for yeah. the sake of like a, couple, a thousand rubles to to sort a heavy bleed out, I mean, I probably haven't got more than oops, maybe one or two um, heavy bleeds in a raid. I mean, I try not to get shot, to be honest. It's usually, it's, you know, <laughs> prevention's the best cure and all that you know uh i try, you I know, I try that's to the, stay out of the way that's the the other point that you've just uh raised there though dan is the fact that at the end of wipe if you get shot with everyone running n level caliber you're gonna get killed most of the time anyway so you're not gonna get bleeds half the time you're just mm-hmm. gonna die whereas early white when people are running pm pistols and all that kind of stuff for early quests yeah you're yeah. gonna get far more heavy bleeds because you're going to actually take damage rather than just be killed outright. So it's going to be a yeah. swings and roundabouts for sure. But we'll be all bleeding out together though. So exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll be able to follow our own blood trails. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> exactly. I mean, historically this always comes up, man. I mean, I've been playing the game. I've been playing Tarkov since uh, end of 2017. Um, and this always happens. You know, we had the metabolism thing where, you know, suddenly we needed to get food and drink in raid, and everyone's like, "Oh, you know, oh my god, we need to eat and drink in raid now." And then now, now it's just like you just grab a, you know, oh, where does where does where do drinks spawn? I'll just go get a drink if I forgot one to bring one, mm-hmm. or you know, get your metabolism high enough, and generally you don't even have to think about it anymore, you know. Um, so it it is very current. It's very, uh, and you know, my guys are saying in the chat as well. Uh, it's quite frustrating that they have kept the old bleed symbol. Like, I'm glad that you actually brought that up because yeah, yeah. the old bleed symbol now being heavy bleed, you're thinking, oh, our brain's... It's just the bleed. It's just yeah, the bleed. Yeah, it's just, oh, just the bleed to be fine. And then you look down and it's just like, like you know, <laughs> squirting out of you and you just think, you know, shit, I need to sort this out. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if we look if we look in the future, maybe a month or so, once we've gotten, gotten used to it, I think it would just be instinct to just stick a couple of S marches in or like, Grab a grab a hemo on the way on the way out of you know to the raid. I think it will be, I think it will become second nature quite quickly. You know, Tarkov players tend to be a new thing comes in, everyone's like ah, and then like a month later, everyone's just like completely fine with it. So I think yeah, be- we'll have the same conversations with radiation tablets. We'll have the same conversation yeah. with the uh, poison cures when they bring out those on those exactly. Uh, Cultists. It's going to be the all the way the cultists. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Gooby. It's going to be the same all the way through. It's just. People don't like change. We don't. No, we don't like change. We like things you to do stay adapt the way to it. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, interesting how they implemented it because I, I, it crunched the numbers and it was like the heavy bleed was like roughly forty percent more damage compared to the light bleed. But in a, it's not really that lethal unless you get a lot of bleeds or you, you know, you're 
have very low HP. But what they did is like when you there's like a UI overlay where you're like intense flashing red. So it's like super misleading. Like I, I could have like 300 HP and have a heavy bleed. And then I, I, you know, I think I'm about to die and I open up my menu and I'm like, I'm fine. I just kind of bleed. <laughs> but yeah. it's kind of interesting how they made it like super intense. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, and, you know, the medical system in general will be expanded as we go as well. You know, things like uh, unconsciousness, you know, we're going to be going unconscious. We're going to be able to, I don't know, interact with unconscious bodies. We're going to be able to... Uh, uh, that scares the hell out of me. Like, it, it is pretty... Yeah, <laughs> just able to drag the body out of the corridor. <laughs> exactly. Just getting dragged away. You just hear your body like getting dragged you're like oh no you know there's going to be the people that literally knock you out take you to a cliff and push you off of it there's going to be all sorts yeah, of you things kind that of people wake are going to start doing yeah so yeah the, the med system i mean if you look at the if you look at the different bits of ui in the med system we've got things like body temperature blood mm -hmm. pressure you know like you say uh, radioactivity and toxicity it's mm -hmm. like it's gonna hopefully i really hope that this is the case it's gonna it's gonna get more and more complicated um and yeah, it, it will, we'll have to like think about that sort of thing. We'll have to think about, am I too hot? I'd take my jacket off, you know, or I don't know how it's going to work in, in the future, but you know, I think it'd be quite cool. You'd have to maintain body heat or, or, you know, make sure you don't over, overburden yourself or overwork yourself. It's going to be, it's going to be hard, man. It's going to be really tough, but <clears throat> I think, I think it's exciting, you know? Yeah, so I've noticed some of that stuff before in the UI, and I always thought, oh, I wonder if that's like eventually the the way that you get rid of like exfil campers or whatever is the fact that you've got kind of like body temperature in there and it's Russia and it's cold, and you're going to actually have to make a little campfire or whatever, and everyone's going to see the smoke, or you can't stay there for so long. Or if it's raining, I mean, that's going to be that'll be really difficult, right? It's like it's raining wet and you're sodden with stuff, and your character's mm -hmm. getting freezing cold. You're going to go and try and find shelter out of the rain. You can't just wander around aimlessly outside in, in the wet because it is i mean it is miserable in real life to do it's, that yeah, horrible yeah. <laughs> the one change that i'm really skeptical about that i know is incoming at some point and it makes me really want to see more about it and hear more about it to get used to the idea but i'm really not a fan of changing it into the uh, open world system at the moment like i really don't like the idea of having to run from customs to shoreline to get to labs to die and waste two or three hours of my night. I mean, we touched on this on the last podcast. But, I mean, I, I have a, unfortunately, because I've got a full-time job, I've got a very limited amount of time to play. And if raids start going from being, you know, maximum of 45 minutes up to two, three hours when you do an actual excursion, losses will become such a huge detriment to the game, in my opinion. Like, I just, it's going to become like DayZ, where it's a running simulator and you just can't pick it back up because you haven't got the time to do it. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing in my head that I'm starting to... Uh, slightly worry about i hope they uh keep it so that casual gamers as as well as full-time hardcore gamers can still enjoy the game i think it depends how they do it really i think it depends how they do it it's it could it could be fine it could it could genuinely be fine i don't know there's so, there's so many different ways. Like, people have talked to death about this but there's just like there's so many different ways it could be implemented or whatever i mean i had in my in my head all sorts of different like models you could use to do it and one of them that i thought would be kind of cool is that you've got like places that are closer to town which is like near the traders near the flea market and as you get further away you go to places like reserve or labs or whatever and you can't buy from the flea market anymore and the traders are far away so you can't buy them you have to kind of like plan your rates to go out to to those far away places but i mean i don't know exactly how they how they're going to implement open world. But yeah, I, I do think that would be a bit of a problem if you end up having to do a three-hour raid back-to-back. -back. But I, I don't think they'd do it like that. You know, you'd kind of save your progress, whatever. Well, it would be quite cool to have like little stashes or hideouts like between maps or you know, stuff like that. 
um, checkpoints almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I was um I was actually talking this through with my guys this week I think and um I was essentially saying I can't see it being it's not going to be open world we actually spoke about this today I don't think we're going to ever see like an open world like a GTA kind of open world but with regard to like traveling between maps let's say for example you wanted to get to shoreline um you know you could uh, imagine I don't know if it works like this in like tabletop RPGs but it's imagine you can move one square and you're in factory at the moment, you can go, let's say, shoreline, customs, woods. You could, you know, you can, because it's quite central, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, imagine, like, once you've extracted, it will say, what would you like to do next? You can go to the hideout. So imagine having, like, a, not a hideout in a place, but imagine having a hideout that kind of follows you around. I know that sounds really weird, but, like, yeah, you could, you could leave shoreline, uh, at Road to Customs Extract, and it'll say, would you like to go to Customs? Would you like to go to Interchange? Would you like to go to the hideout? Wherever you can yeah. go on that map that they've yeah. basically got in the road thing. Yeah I, yeah, I get what you mean. I think that's that's a really good way of implementing it because it gives you a chance to have a break in between raids and you can choose the kind of direction you go. And it does it does mean that if you wanted to go to Shoreline and you're in Factory, you have to go to one other place to get to the door that opens up to go to that place. Yeah. I just... Yeah. Uh, I've I love the current system. That's my only issue. You can just it's, go anywhere I, no one like you want. Exactly. It's like, oh, where should we go today, chat? Let's just click the one button. Let's not run all the way through shoreline to get there. So um Yeah. That's that's my concern. But um I mean if they um, implement it well, and in fairness, BSG have done a very, very good job of listening to the community and bringing regular updates and talking people through stuff. And I love the game more now than I did when I first started playing it a few years ago. So I mean if they keep going in that direction, then I, I suppose I should trust them, really. I was thinking kind of like, I don't know if you guys have ever played Destiny, but kind of how Destiny has a open world, right? Uh, a semi-open world hub that everyone is at before they go to their locations where you can change your weapons, you can change your armor, you can do all of that stuff. So kind of like a massive hideout, almost like Dan's talking about, but even to the point where you're in this hub with a bunch of other players on that server and everyone is just doing whatever they want and you only face each other in raid. And then when you're back in that hub, um, it would be, you know, no engaging. It would just be doing your other stuff, running around. So Yeah, I can see that. I Almost like a barracks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, actually, probably closer to... Not what you're saying, but what I'm saying about Destiny, probably be closer to like almost like a large version of uh, The Division's hideout. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but where you can choose which location you're going to go to next. That would be cool. Yeah. RIP I, the I, division. I can't see him <laughs> rolling out like a full open world like Daisy. Because I think just in fear of community backlash. And I. I, well, that's, I where so they, what, that's one of the games they took as inspiration, wasn't it, Daisy? When Nikita originally planned what he wanted to do with the game, if I remember rightly. I would assume. Yeah, he's so. definitely, definitely drawing um uh, inspiration from other other places yeah it's funny you should say something like a hub kind of thing as well like a hub world in tarkov um in the law there is a bar there's um like a i don't know like a a pub you know like a well like a bar um and essentially <laughs> <laughs> the the bar is like widely renowned and it's known by the the people who reside in tarkov you know after the the events and all that like mm -hmm. it's like a, it's a no fire zone it's a, it's like a no uh 
it's like a, a safe place. Safe place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's it's kind of like um, imagine it in the sense of Tarkov. Like everybody knows that inside this bar, like everyone's neutral. This is something that already exists in Tarkov. I don't know if you guys are. Um, I don't know how many of you are active on the forums and stuff like that. But there was a Tarkov RPG, um, which was run by a, a, a person behind the character, but run by someone called uh, Bar Barkeep or Barkeeper. There's an actual character in Tarkov called Barkeeper, and he essentially, like, that's like our neutral zone. Um, and I, I can see, I can definitely see that, the way you mentioned, like, a hub world sort of thing, I can imagine yeah. that the bar would be there where you, where you can go cool, and, yeah. you know, communicate with people and... Mm -hmm share stories and stuff i don't know but it, it, it already exists that's just what i wanted to say i know it went the long way around it but it exists so it'd be very interesting though if, if if you could do that and you know you get killed and you can go in and speak to the person that killed you, you know like ball buster 69 <laughs> sat at a bar waiting for you to get in there or whatever <laughs> really and you're able to uh, do some, talk to him and uh, say hello but i mean that's obviously then bringing in voip to the game and stuff which could be a potential for the bar area but not in raids like i mean that, that, I really like the idea of that, so that's probably settled my nerves quite a bit about that. I think that's quite a good idea. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I just, just you mentioned about Tarkov Law is like completely random point, but like um, I think it's quite difficult to actually find anything out about that. And I, I have when I was looking around for some material on it, I did see your name pop up all over the official forum, like looking for law and speaking to the guys. I, I did actually note that. Uh, which is quite interesting. You, you seem to have a, a good fascination with the with the law behind the game, but it's, it's hard to find stuff out, right? I was I was trying to find some things out myself, and there's the big law threats, but it's it's difficult. It's it's not easy. They don't put it all in one place. Yeah, is it all in Russian? No, it's all translated. A lot of it's translated. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, you're right. It, it it can be quite hard. Uh, there's the law mega thread on the forum, which mm -hmm. I try to like point my guys towards as much as possible. Um, but th there's a lot of different sources like the thing with the tarkov story is that the, the tarkov story is not delivered by the game at the moment um you know we are going to get the first iteration of story tasks at some point you know hopefully soon um i'm thinking like maybe around patch 13 next wipe or you know something like that um but there is a lot of information to be gathered around um you know uh, with regards to books you've got the raid series um from bsg you know the live action series uh you've got the the bits on the forum as well there, there is a lot there's a lot to to go through but the problem is like you say it's not very centralized it's kind of all around um and it can be quite frustrating for people who love story stuff like myself to you know um to to get all that information so maybe if i get a moment i might try and get it all in one place for you guys and and that might really take off but yeah definitely it does need centralizing so it would be cool to get that done because i feel like that's kind of where you kind of almost get more of like how the feel you know it's like that that intangible kind of like the feel of the game like how they want the game to 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 it's just such a difficult thing to put your finger on right it's like the the feeling of it and that's you know might give us some clues into how they're actually going to end up implementing this stuff like you say with the bar right so um, i think yeah. it's quite valuable to <laughs> to try and see where that where that vision is because sometimes the key is a little bit coy about exactly what he wants yeah absolutely agree I'm actually going to do a challenge playthrough, like an open world simulator. I know Gig is doing the hardcore, but I want to wipe my account. And then I have my stash located near factory. So if I want to go to customs, I have to go from factory, extract. And then once I extract from factory, I can interact with mechanic because that's where he's located in the lore. 
And then I go to customs and then do my thing there. And once I extract, I can interact with Skier oh, and then, and so on and so hard. on. Yeah, dude. So I'm, I'm actually excited. I What I really want for like open world modules is I just want VoIP and some type of like very light open world, whether it's like there's a stash and I can go from map to map and pick where I want to. Not even like a physical stash, but just like I have a, for my own <clears throat> character, I have a stash location that I could pick or whatever. But the VoIP thing, I just feel like it would just add so much to the game as much as it would take away. I know we talked about this a little bit the last podcast, but just, just to have like this it. unique Tarkov experience. Like I, like I feel like the game is like, once you play Tarkov, like you know what you're getting, but I want that added layer of, it's good, like this unique experience, like, oh, I made a, a new friend on the game or whatever, or these guys were toxic and I killed them or whatever. Like, I want some, like, emotional, unique connection to the game. I kind of feel with all the good things that it would bring, it would bring too many bad things. So I'm dead against VoIP. I think that there's so many games, not including Tarkov, that have gone down the road of VoIP where you go in and you suddenly have a little 12-year-old boy screaming abuse at you and you're just like, well, what the hell do you do with that? Like PUBG was huge for it. Like I hated VoIP in PUBG. And so many players have come from PUBG to this game that I just think it would ruin it. It's so divisive. I'm so torn, honestly. I'm so torn because I feel like, because PUBG is different though, because it's, oh, man, it's so difficult. So you kind of like, you have like on one end of the scale, you kind of have you have like arcade style games where it's much more toxic. And then on the other end of the scale, you have uh, games like Daisy, which where it's much more wholesome. And Tarkov's like somewhere in between. And I just don't know how it would all play out. I just don't know how it would play out, right? You're not really going to get like, you know, 13 year olds screaming down the mic on Tarkov, you wouldn't think. Because on the whole, the community is a little <laughs> bit older. But, That's because um, you don't have 13 year olds that are playing Tarkov. <laughs> That's the community they don't have VoIP the, the yet. That's why they're not older. here. <laughs> Playbase is older. Come for with sure. VoIP. It's a it's an added on feature. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know how much you guys know about uh, what's been discussed about VoIP, um, but it has been spoken about like a radio system where um, you know when you double tap Y and you get the voice lines come up on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially, what we're going to have is like a radio. Um, potentially, we will have like a radio. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like sub menu, yeah, yeah, and it would say like, like channel channels. one, channel two, yeah, exactly. And you can, you can, let's say for example, you're in dorms and someone comes in, you can say like channel five, and the yeah. guy will go yes, and then you, you know <laughs> anyone on you this go channel? To channel, yeah, you go to channel <laughs> yeah. five on your radio and you go, hey bro, I'm trying to get the, I'm trying to get the uh, golden zippo out, leave me alone, and he's just like, yeah, I don't care, I'm gonna steal all your stuff, and you're like, oh, that's okay, so cool. On. All you're gonna, all you're gonna hear is someone go channel five. Fuck that! <laughs> just shoot exactly. him. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna be friendly. It's just gonna give away your position. That's a fair point. And something else that I wanted to mention about VoIP as well, because it's always, always coming up in the chat. Already, if you go to your settings in audio in Tarkov, it has the option to mute VoIP. It says mute other players already in the audio uh, settings. Yeah. So that you know, for people that want to partake in, in VoIP. They can. People that want absolutely nothing to do with it, they can turn it off. Um, and, you know, if you're on the side of you want to do VoIP stuff and you're saying like, hey, dude, you know, do you want to team up and you don't hear anything from them, you can just presume that they don't want to team up, you know, or they just can't hear you at all, you know. So I think, I think like you said, the, the best of both worlds will be to, because a lot of people want it and a lot of people don't. It's a very polarizing thing. Mm. Like A lot of people are really against it and a lot of people are like, oh, I want to see, you know, I want to talk to people in Raid and, and try and help people and, you know, 
I think VoIP is the one thing that's gonna if if there's anything in Tarkov that's gonna like uh, encourage players to work together, which is all over the Tarkov story. You know, it's like if you look at the very first trailer of the game back in 2016, 15, 16, the very first trailer of the game shows the bear and the USEC putting aside their differences and then working together to then get out and survive together, you know? And yeah. uh, again, no spoilers, Raid Episode 4, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, go and watch that if you haven't watched it already. Like, Nikita and BSG, they want us to work together to like to, to beat their game. But at the moment, there's no way for us to like, like you say, there's no emotion. Yeah, there's no trust there because you, it's just some dude on, you know, that you, that's trying to kill you. There's no way of like opening a line of communication with them. So, right. Other than wiggling, I mean, yeah, come on, exactly. everyone does this, <laughs> doing all that exactly. So, but yeah, it's it's the top. I mean, there is scav ex- extracts, aren't there? The PMC and scav extracts. How many people have uh, actually done that without having a friend rescav in? Has anyone ever you used? Mean, has anybody here used those? Has anyone ever? I've used them used with them friends that have managed to scav back in. I've never used them with a random scav. Oh, you're talking about the streamer extracts? Yeah, I know you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, there's extracts on most on most maps where you can just extract with a, a random scav. But I mean, yeah. if you see a random scav, you kill them. <laughs> I feel like VoIP would add to the survival elements of the game, and because uh, right now, if you're solo, literally everyone's an enemy. Like it's it just feels like a it doesn't feel like a survival game in that aspect. Like I watch Daisy videos, and it just looks so different with the VoIP interactions. I, ju- this is just uh, my personal opinion, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think that for VoIP to be added effectively, the game would almost have to push more towards, not saying fully open world, but more towards longer raids and yeah, more in-depth gameplay. Only because like, I even the, like, I'm, I'm sure all of us in this room right now are thinking like, we're comparing it to Daisy, we're comparing it to games that are like that already. But when you have, you know, 40 minutes in a raid, you have objectives a lot of times that you want to get done. And um, when you're trying to complete those and VoIP is like its own thing, in my opinion, I feel like when you add VoIP, it's like a whole nother adventure. It's a whole nother chapter to the game that the, it adds all of these new possibilities and it makes it so that that 40 minutes now does seem a lot more narrow. So if you wanted to do something and you also want to do this, it's like you almost have to choose what you want to do, which would be cool and switch up the game. But I think that the game would benefit more from adding VoIP when there was that more in-depth perspective. Now it's just like, you know, you either call someone a rat or you say, hold your fire and you only have, you know, (laughs) thumbs up or flip them off. It's like one or the other. But I think that as the game progresses more towards, you know, what we've been, what we were talking about a little bit before, I think that VoIP would definitely add a lot to it. Yeah, absolutely agree. I guess if you can turn it off, then there's really no disadvantage. People who don't want it, they don't have to have it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. If you don't want VoIP in the game, just tick the little box or uncheck the box in the audio settings. You know, jobs are good and, you know, problem solved. It It is controversial. And I'm really glad that it came up today, actually. I'm really glad that the, the topic came up because people are always talking about it. It's one of those things that always crops up. You know, that open world and... Um, uh cultists but i I know it's a little bit different but yeah you know there's there's a number of topics that are always popping up in in every chat you know and it's it's great that you know we can we can talk about them tonight as well so yeah really glad that came up 
I suppose the other feature that would be missing in Tarkov that you can do in other games that have VoIP is individually muting someone on the server. Like, yeah, you, on most servers, you can press tab and you can go through and mute someone if they're being toxic. Yeah, and then that person's muted, but your experience isn't kind of wasted. On this game, it would be a huge damn giveaway if you can press tab and see how many people are in the raid. Yeah, as soon as you <laughs> oh, know, look. The, the, the raid's clear, the map's clear, you can just <laughs> run around and have a good time. Yeah, for sure. The, net, the little net code trick all over again. You know, oh, to see man, what that, time that's was. cheeky, man. And that brings into account the other part of VoIP that is hard for um, not necessarily the everyday gamer, but it's hard for people who stream because yeah. we do have to realize that we're just not absorbing whatever someone decides to yell on a microphone when they're close to us, but it's also going to affect every single person who's in our stream. And then there's TOS and a lot of things. And yeah, there yeah. has been um, times where people get their account suspended. Now, I haven't seen any permabans off of what somebody else says in a stream, but I have seen suspensions. Um, up to like seven days for somebody yelling very racist or derogatory terms or hate speech in in chat that they had no control over, uh, mainly mainly Call of Duty lobbies. But you know, um, <laughs> there, there's been you know we all know how that goes. But that that's also one of the things that like as a streamer, you're like, man, do I want to even turn VoIP on today because of what happened yesterday? And then there's that yeah. aspect as well. So hopefully there is a lot of customization at least for it. So mm -hmm. when maybe we are streaming, we can say, oh, well, you know, today we're just going to chill chat. We're not, we're not doing any VoIP today, you know? Yeah, exactly. And we'll, we'll have that option to, you know, toggle it on and off. Like, you know, like we say. Mm -hmm. I suppose it yeah. brings up the point of the fact that, I mean, I have TTV in my name. I'm sure other people in here have had it or have had it at some point or have it now still, but the amount of people that I've killed or has been killed by me that have come into my channel and said, hey, great fight. Thanks very much. I mean, I, I get more friendly people than I get toxic people. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, um, I, I could definitely agree with that. Um, so I suppose there are friendly people out there in Tarkov that do want to actually say hello and talk. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's obviously sure. the 5% that aren't. Yeah. I think that's um, the one thing that gives me hope is that I think, I don't know, I, I do feel that the community is actually pretty good in general and i know mm -hmm. people can be can be salty and toxic or whatever but like a lot of that is on i find reddit is probably the worst place and outside of that it's actually not not too bad yeah, uh, reddit, yeah. reddit is horrendous reddit is the worst place for most <laughs> things <laughs> yeah just stay away yeah. guys don't go you know you who enter abandon all hope or whatever it is you know what i mean like yeah. <laughs> don't even bother man <laughs> Yeah, do you find the official forum is a bit better? Because like I've pretty much exclusively looked at Reddit, and I I hardly use the official forum. I man, I love the forum, man. Like I've been on there since day one. Uh, in fact, I think I was I think I was on the forum whilst I was waiting for my very first PC to arrive, and I was. Uh, it's yeah, there's something different. I mean, we still get people that the way that a forum works and the way that Reddit works is it's a bit like. If you say something on Reddit and people don't like it, they will just downvote you into oblivion and, <laughs> and you you you're that's it, you're gone. You know, regardless of how good your idea was, if enough people disagree with it, it's gone, right? Sort of thing. Uh you know, and you if if for example, people who happen to disagree with it see it first, they they can just, you know, make it disappear. But with the forum, because everything that's spoken about it's like time based, right? So for example, if different forum topics are, are more active or, uh, you know, have recently gone up, like they, they appear at the top. Okay. Um, and that I kind of feel like the forum is a lot more like 
the people in the forum are a lot more kind of open to other people's ideas and mm. a lot more helpful and a lot more kind of like, you know, I see your idea and I disagree with it. Here's why. Not uh, downvote. Get, uh, be gone. Get yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a lot different. I just I get a completely different vibe from the forum. And, you know, I've, like I said, I've been there for like three years and yeah, it's great. I mean, I would recommend anybody that likes talking about the game try you know if you're used to reddit just give the forum a go say hey have a look get active in some topics and stuff like that start giving people some positive rep and you'll you'll generate like a report between people and yeah it's, it's great i love the forum i think it's great i think it's a really underutilized especially by bsg as well why bsg why nikita focuses so much on reddit and not their own official forum i don't know i'm not going to go on about it but like i'm not going to go crazy about that right now but it's just so frustrating like you have a forum use it and yeah, because a, lot of the, a lot of the stuff goes on reddit pretty much straight away yeah all the, yeah. All the official things and they make official posts there and stuff <laughs> yeah it, it has been I, quite frustrating but they're getting a lot a lot lot better especially now as we're seeing more people from the forums get into positions like head sherpa uh community managers and stuff like that so i think they are finally trying to like look more at the forums which is really really good I'll be honest. I've, I've. The last time I went on the forums, I looked at the homepage and saw it all in Russian, and just thought, "Oh, bugger this," and just clicked <laughs> off of it. I didn't actually go through it and look. Um, but I've just got on now and had a look at the English uh, side of the forum and just linked it in my chat. But I mean, I'll definitely yeah. uh, have a look through. I'm sure I'll end up spending hours in bed tonight going through and reading posts and going, "What? No!" or or making my own comments on stuff. But uh, it's definitely interesting that there's a, a more grown-up platform for people to talk on than Reddit. Well, it's probably a more cultivated uh, community, I would think, anyways. Because Reddit's like a pool of everyone. Like, anyone can just go on there and, you know. And, and I think there Downvote. is some good. <laughs> yeah, I think there is some good that comes on Reddit. It's not all bad, but uh, most of it's bad. <laughs> no. Like, there is some good, right? You know, I yeah. I tried to tame the beast myself when I'm trying to uh, get my channel going and stuff. So, you know, I've done my, I've done my fair share of... of trying to somehow like get people to you know look at stuff in the right way as opposed to just like yeah hitting you with the with the downvote stick all the time so there are you know there is there is good from it and there's a lot of a lot of good people but i think it's very easy for people to be hypercritical on there and and just to come out with something instantly to mm-hmm. yeah hit you down and and, uh, and criticize is the issue yeah sorry to sorry to jump in um uh, one of our guys is absolutely correct with what they're saying as well um there's a section on the forums that only people that actually have the game can access you got the oh wow the, the beta oh, wow. yeah yeah the beta testing section i'm i'm so annoyed at myself for not remembering that but there, there is a section of the forum where you need to have the game in order to speak in there like it is it's really good you have to yeah. log in with your game account to be able to get access to that section yeah you you actually need to have pre-ordered tarkov in order to speak there so it's like you, you. I find a lot of people give their opinion about things, and it's like, oh, how long have you been playing? And they're like, oh, I haven't got a game yet. And it's like, I just watch a streamer. I just watch YouTube videos. Yeah, I just basically say everything that this particular streamer says, and it's like, well, I, you know, I'm not going to ignore you, but like, go, go and play the game. Come back in a couple of weeks. Let us know what you think. And you know, a lot have of your time, own opinion. Exactly. Form your own opinion, and and then bring that. Not don't just regurgitate what someone else has said that you. <laughs> it's great that you listen to Pestilli, but Pestilli's not the only person in the game. <laughs> exactly. 
there's there's a lot of us there's a lot of people with a lot of different opinions and uh you know it's great for, it's great that people form their own opinions too that's i think that's really important especially for a discussion uh board um something that came to my head is um i don't know how recent it's been going on but i know there was a couple of big streamers that were taking breaks from tarkov and then coming back and um oh, i mean there's I, loads of them like deadly slobs been playing other games and uh quite a few of other people yeah. it's quite late into wipe i mean i can't remember the last time we had this long a section without a wipe i mean dan i don't know if you know off the top of your head but i mean we've been got four months now five months i think the longest we've ever waited for a wipe i think was seven months and that was between 11.7 yeah and 12 i think it was about seven it was months before before labs i think it was the uh, white before labs if i remember or it was the white yeah. before they made you pay for labs but it was yeah, definitely a yeah. long time and loads of people disappeared from the game because they just didn't have anything else to do it was like we talked about this in the last podcast what is life after tarkov what's life after kappa what what do you actually do um and how do you get enjoyment from the game and uh, a lot of big streamers that play this game you know 12 hours a day day in day out i'm sure get pretty damn tired of uh yeah, flash shotgun I, shells i feel bad for <laughs> some of, some of them it's especially like uh landmark comes to mind i think there was a um a period where something controversial happened um and he you know took a break from tarkov and then his his obviously affects his revenue i mean you know he has a lot well as viewers and such and then he comes back and it's almost like a semi-toxic relationship because he's either frustrated with the game or something he's getting stream sniped some sort of relationship so i i guess what i'm saying is do you guys think that having a more uh schedule wipes would sort of alleviate that because it, it seems to me like why what's kind of the disadvantage of having a set wipe period like every four months or something I think I think the issue is is it goes in hand hand with hand in hand with development. So I mean, when you look at the uh, the release and what Nikita said, I mean, I don't know if anyone could correct me, but I'm pretty damn sure he said that when the game's released, he doesn't plan on wiping at all, and uh, that they're, they're then going to start looking at options where you can set reset your account and do your own wipes and do various other bits slash create multiple PMCs and you know really beef up the game in terms of what you're able to do so you can have a hardcore account you can have a standard account you don't have to buy two eod editions you can do whatever you want to do but the the issue i i personally like right now playing in tarkov i don't mind the fact that we haven't wiped for a while because i'm finding new things that i'm enjoying i'm trying out new guns new ammo i'm i'm messing around on maps and i genuinely enjoy the pvp but the people that feel that they want to wipe have kind of right wait, well i've got kappa what do i do now let's do the uh, hardcore challenge right let's do the no flea market challenge let's do this that and they're making games for themselves i don't i think if you have a set thing like diablo 3 and games like that where you wipe every x amount of months i would get really burnt out really quickly because i mean i don't know about you but even though they've allowed really? us now use any bolt action to do a task i'm still don't want to go and shoot five million scavs on shoreline every 10 minutes um, I, just to get I, to the same point where I was a month ago. I find the opposite. I get, I'm burnt out now because I just feel like I have to, you know, find, I have to be creative. You know, I have to find other ways to make the game interesting for me. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, I find it interesting that you, uh, we have such, we're on two different sides yeah. of the spectrum there. 
It depends if you like doing quests. Like, I mean, Ghost and Gigabeef, I mean, do you enjoy going in and doing the quests over and over again? I mean, Dan, you, you've been here since the beginning. I don't know about Ghost, but you've done them, what, seven times, eight times now in various different degrees of uh, stages of finishedness? Yeah, something like that. I mean, some traders I don't mind doing tasks for. And one trader, I don't want to do tasks for. I'll, I'll let you guess who that is. not be named. Honestly... The tasks, I mean, the tasks for me are a way to, like, it's something to do. Like you say, it's something to do. Once you've finished all the tasks, what you know, what's next? Uh, what we need to remember about the development of Tarkov is the tasks are, at the moment, um, like a testing thing. It's, you know, side quests, stuff like that. Imagine we're playing Skyrim at the <clears> moment <throat> without the main quest line. It's kind of like that. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that the first iteration of the story quest should be coming in um, hopefully soon, hopefully soon, um, where we will start seeing things which have perhaps cinematics or have, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Prapor's um, character model and stuff like that, that, you know, that all the traders and stuff are going to have, um, or at least Prapor's got a character model. So I imagine the rest of the traders will have it as well. But we, we you know, we're going to see more, um, story-based tasks you know we're going to start seeing more story-based things to do and our, our side quests are for example you know um let's say you've got the, the main story thing and and you need to level up you know like for example i mean tarkov is an rpg Tar that, that's the one thing that we need to remember at all times is that tarkov is a, is an rpg and we need to level our characters up we need to level up our stash you know everything else and um, you know, leveling up the traders is part of that journey. And these side quests, for example, you know, leveling up um, loyalty, for example, with peacekeepers, skiers, stuff like that, you know, it's like, well, I haven't managed to get them the loyalty that high, you know, uh, doing the main task, I'm going to do a couple of side quests, I'm going to kill some scavs, I'm going to, you know, go plant the fishing gear, whatever it is. Um, so for me, just to kind of full circle there, the, the, ta the, the task for me at the moment is, is kind of like it's just a placeholder. Um, you know, especially mentally as well. Like you say, I've, I've, I'm on white probably six or seven now, and I just, I just kind of just go through them, and then once I've done the tasks, once I've hit level forty, I just, you know, it's time to enjoy the game there and 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 sort of experiment with different things in the game. So, yeah, yeah. I've been quite critical in the past of the, of some of the the of some of the different tasks that are there and saying that, you know, a lot of them are there's some that are quite bad and, and very frustrating to finish. But I would say in their defense, which is not normally the angle that I'm coming from, but in, in the defense of the tasks, when you have something to actually go to do, often you end up doing other stuff as well. Like I think half of that, and it, it sort of ended up teaching me in my own way, like once after getting Kappa to be able to easily develop your kind of your own things right so like if it do, it's quite easy to sit there on the map screen and think hmm, what am i actually going to go and do but so long as you just have like a goal in mind often like random stuff happens along the way you just need to actually get in there and, and go through the action so i feel that that is one good thing about the the quests that yeah once you're doing something then other things also happen and some of the more fun random off the wall stuff happens when you're doing the quest you don't end up even completing the quest we end up like hauling a huge amount of loot or have some crazy fight with a bunch of guys or whatever it's just about like getting in there and doing it so that is one good thing about it and i think yeah once you've once you finish them all then you kind of know enough about the game to be able to then say ah oh, i want to try and run this build i want to go to this place i want to see if i can snipe someone in this in this piece here or i want to get just get better at, at an area of the map that i don't usually run that kind of thing and that sort of that sort of helped me because I, I do sympathise with people who 
have played a lot and get a bit burnt out and then they feel like there's not much else to do but again you know there's there is infinite replayability so long as you're willing to to work with it and, and just to play the game i think i'm i think i made this point on stream last time when i when i was um, talking about doing a hardcore challenge because i wanted to do it just kind of out, out of pure interest to see what it would be like what's like the most <laughs> hardcore challenge you could do i right. no traders no quests no flee nothing and you just you just play the game as if it's day z just to see what would happen but that was kind of the point of it it's like the game of tarkov is really good anyway like people don't complain that there's no quests in like PUBG um and, and those kind of games right it's like you just play the game for the gunplay and for the fights and for the pvp and it's and it's fun in in of itself i think people are almost spoiled a bit by the quests and the fact that there's this kind of rpg element outside of it that people expect even more out of tarkov than they do out of these other games but you can you can play tarkov just on its own happily and and play thousands of hours and it's fine right the the, the game's great the game's so fun to play on its own i think that's like the one thing that people sometimes forget <laughs> and i, I think, think that 90 you know, is the... like or go ahead shifty go ahead no, no, go on, go on. I was just going to say, I think that, like, even what you're speaking from, Giga, and hearing Church's perspective and Dan's perspective, and, I mean, one cool thing about having five of us on here right now is we have a very diverse culture of what we think gaming should be, what we get out of gaming, and what we look for in a game. And we're seeing, hearing all these different opinions. And I think that, you know, one thing that I like about the tasks is that it forces people out of their comfort zones when they're playing this game. Um, this game can be very overwhelming and daunting for the average gamer. Like I, I would say the average game that I play and get good at is probably about 40, 50 hours where I'm like, okay, I got this. Tarkov's closer to like 200. And it's like, wow, I feel like I'm barely starting to figure out what's going on in this game. And I'm already played for 200, 250 hours. But the task would force me to do things that I might have never pushed into. Like, for instance, you have to go to dorms to get this key for this quest. You have to use a bolt action rifle. You can't just use a, a, a meta M4 every single yeah. time. You know, you can't just. So one thing that I like about that is it forces you to go to every map. It forces you to learn how to loot, to learn how to shoot to learn how to, you know, uh, play more safer if you have white armor on and you're trying to take on PMCs or if you're, you know, doing other things. But at the end of the day, I feel like this game is going to cater to a specific type of person. Um, and maybe that looks like a more grindier game. And I think for a lot of people, that is probably what it is. That's actually what drew me to the game is I play a lot of games, but I like the the grind element of it. I like that you have to, um, it's very tedious and there's a lot to do, but at the same time, there's not a lot to do with guides, right? There's not a lot of people telling you like, go here, go there, like an MMORPG, but you, there's still a lot to do. I completely agree. I mean, I was going to say something very similar. I, I genuinely think that 90% of the quests are there in a way to help new people learn the game. I mean, it's like a tutorial in some sense, like, mm -hmm. as you say, you know, someone starting in the game like, right, what the hell do I do? Okay, well, I got a quest here. I have to go to that map called Customs and kill five scavs and take what three shotguns. Okay, well, what are they? And it's steps by step. If you think about the, the way that you can go through the quest, it helps you learn about different armor tiers. It helps you learn about ammo, about guns, mm -hmm. about how to build weapons like the mechanic quest. And yeah, the gunsmith quest. Kind of yeah, exactly. the gunsmith just like, yeah, I mean, now that you can do edit presets, it's far more easier. But I mean, three or four wipes ago, trying to work out what bloody attachment you needed to, <laughs> to put it on the gun and stuff, you just went to the wiki and stuff. But actually, all of those quests are kind of there to help people learn. So it makes me interested to see, okay, well, as, as Dan says, that we've got the uh, campaign, the first new uh, actual campaign series coming out from bsg does it does that actually mean that what we're currently doing is just as you say a beta tutorial a 
a training ground and then we're going to have something far more in depth and interesting to sink our teeth into and there's yeah. there's no kind of limit with that either is there i mean if if they bring out a campaign the we were talking about wipes etc well i mean if you look at destiny and you look at games where they have the uh, the challenges and the weekly challenge and stuff like that there's no reason that they couldn't give you operations there's no reason they couldn't actually give you okay well this week um this is kind of like a quest it's kind of like a mission that you have to kind of achieve this is what i want you to do and and you get rewards from that there's no end to stuff like that you can do potentially outside as side quests like every every single week the trader has a new set of side quests for you to do i mean as long as they don't make it very repetitive in terms of right now every week prapper wants you to go to customs and kill 50 scars with an aks7 for you <laughs> and uh, i mean that makes it more fun but we i mean we also touched on the fact that there could be background achievements as such so like there's games like gears of war i mean one of the hardest achievements to ever unlock was kill 10,000 pmcs or players in matchmaking and the amount of people that actually did that was was very small but the amount of um, things that you could do in the background and just have small little kind of, you know, like uh, you unlock a hat if you kill 100,000 scavs globally across Tarkov and stuff that you don't actually specifically have to go for that aren't linked to like the killer quest where you kill a killer 100 times to unlock the trap suit. But that kind of thing where those people that are the more hardcore people that run every day naturally as they play the game unlock those global challenges and complete them and stuff. I mean, there's so many things they could do. It's just, um, I definitely don't think that we do should wipe every amount of time because that would just get really dull. Yeah, I was going to say, that's where we started. That's where this conversation started, isn't it? It's yeah, wipes. full loop back. <laughs> full loop. Yeah, I wanted to say, um, and I know we, we sort of covered it as well, is like the, the wipes are directly linked to development. The wipes are not there to make the game interesting for us, but they are there to make sure that there's no bugged items. They're there to help us properly test new features and new mechanics in the game you know for example things like uh dl like the hideout and stuff like that <laughs> so. what happened the gl <laughs> oh yeah 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 exactly yeah go test this Let's see how they, you they wipes with new maps and new mechanics and everything that's that's what it was there for and that's why they've said they don't want to do uh, wipes when it comes out is because the point is they're doing it to try and build the game and i think a lot of people forget that this game is still in beta i mean it's still there for people to test it's not an actual finished game and there's always that question of when a game's going to come out of beta but if you compare this to so many of the other games out there on steam that are currently in beta that will never ever come out i mean there is they are doing a lot of work behind the scenes to build this game and to add new things i mean compared to where it was when it came out three or four years ago when it was just customs and just factory and all that kind of thing games come on a huge way and i mean streets of tarkov has got me incredibly excited like the rumors of 40 pmcs on a map and all that kind of stuff mm. is like crazy mm. i mean if, ignore the ignore the obvious lobby issues and server problems from having 40 P pmcs on one place but the the scale of the, the size of it and the, the idea of being able to go into every building and pvp etc is is incredibly exciting yeah, I just wanted to take take you back very quickly to what you said about the tasks because I I just I just wish that people have been complaining about the tasks for the longest time. I just wish that you know if they are going to be seen as a tutorial, and yes, they kind of are. I just wish they were in a more logical order, right? Like even the gunsmith tasks need to be in a different order. They need to start sensibly in a in an easy way for people. Like they're just not beginner friendly whatsoever, really, right? Yeah. And they're in like a completely random order where some of the hardest ones are near the beginning, or at least you know they they feel very difficult when you're newcomer i just think that they could do some very basic reorganization fix them up people yeah, are always complaining yeah. about the tasks like it's kind of a bit 
uh, I don't know. They didn't even need to change them that yeah. much. They could just change the ordering of half of them, and they'd make it make it a little bit better. Because mm -hmm. people are always complaining about that, right? It makes it such a huge barrier to for a lot of people. And getting five thousand dollars to give to a peacekeeper springs to mind for new players. Stuff like that. That is like really difficult things to get early on that actually take a lot of farming and looting, etc. Definitely spring to mind as needing to be moved, changed. Yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. I hope I don't sound a bit like smug when I say this, but I feel like they haven't really followed their own philosophy on that as far as we use wipes to test out features. Because you guys remember when they wipe strength mid-wipe, you know, and they added that a weight system mid-wipe. So the, the strength thing, wasn't that... That was because people... Did, they uh, released the... Yeah, they released the weight system. That's what they did. They changed the weight system and wiped strength, but they didn't wipe everything else. So that's what I was going back to earlier, actually. Everyone was running N level gear with level one strength. That was the issue that everyone was having, and that's why people hated running around <laughs> yeah, yeah. with uh, with that upgrade because you literally had level one strength, but you're running a meta HK attack tech and all kind of sorts of armor and stuff. You'd literally run from uh, like Emma Com extract on the interchange to get to the building. Oh, you get to the awful. first ramp, and your character would fall over and faint because you just couldn't run anywhere. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't the and best was, time to test it. The way that they went about it was quite frustrating because it was like, here's this brand new mechanic that we're going to work on, but everybody is like, it's got all the heaviest stuff. It was a bit weird and people didn't. Well, it's because people cheesed it, didn't they? They went to Shoreline and did that glitch where they fell through, fell through the, the uh, floor. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if they didn't, even if they didn't wipe strength and they add, they just continue with how they implemented the weight system, wouldn't it be like kind of. <clears throat> It would make more sense to wipe everything to start fresh to sort of gauge it how... did that's what we were outraged about why didn't they just wipe everything no one would have minded right. if they wiped everything it was that they wiped that well, one aspect which I made it horrible in... to play i just mean in general like when you're in implementing a new mechanic and as you progress through tarkov you gain these stat bonuses you you get you know your character gets stronger these rpg elements would it not make sense to wipe the whole game itself. Anytime you add these new, like game-changing mechanics, like even like a bleed system, for example, right? Because they got these new items, and you know maybe they found out at the start of a wipe, all these items are going to get completely bought out. You know what I mean? Like they needed to add more supply. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, for me, it would make more sense when they, if they like, sure they add new content, but eventually they just do a wipe, like a every four months they do a wipe. And there may be like some very small new content, but it's sort of to test the whole picture of all the previous content they've added. It depends on how long it takes to develop it. I mean, they, they said they were going to do the Woods expansion, but that's now been delayed and stuff. And so that's the issue is because it's in development, they come across a bug, they have to move it back and stuff. But I mean, it swings back around to what Dan was saying earlier in the sense that they always bring something out. Everyone buys it because it's the new thing they want to test it, and then they have right, to take it back right. off of the game because it breaks it yeah. for ten minutes. Like the NC Star, they, they removed the NC Star. I mean, did you see that there was NC Star selling for like fifty million rubles? I mean, <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. But people had them, so they were selling them, and people were buying them. That's the dumbass that's thing. The dumb, yeah, that's it. <laughs> people buy. And then two days later, they brought them back. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing with the is the PK six still found in raid only. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Now, really I don't done. know, because there was a lot of things going on with the, um, if you remember a fix that came out not too long ago, it was to do with, uh, it was to do, because there's, there's an issue at the moment, I'm, I'm fairly certain you guys have come across it probably many times. When you engage a PMC, 
or well, if, when you engage anyone in in, uh, in Tarkov whatsoever, you'll notice that their arms start flying up. There's this really weird thing that um, it's, it's kind of like legacy um, aim punch. So for those that aren't aware uh, in the chat as well, so back in 0.5, I think up to like 0 0.5, 0 0.6, we had something called um, aim punch. And essentially that when you got shot and when you got hit, your character would quite violently shake around like you not shake around but like he you get hit and you and you'll throw your aim off like quite considerably now what it seems to have done and this problem has been getting worse over the last couple of patches or at least it seems to be staying the same not getting better is that when you when you shoot somebody their arms start flying up and and then you're unable to shoot them in the face head thorax etc and you end up um you end up just hitting their arms and their arms take obviously you know it takes a long time to to completely reduce someone's health from the you know via their arms whereas two shots to the thorax one to the head it would have been job done um so they uh i think bsg has, has worked on a fix of that where now blacked blacked out arms are now penetrable as far as i'm aware mm. um and why is Sorry that, that. <laughs> sounds like someone just took off your car bro yeah <laughs> <laughs> someone just stole your car dude um <laughs> Oh, I can't even. What was I saying? Yeah, about the uh, sort of transparency for bullets. Yeah, so essentially, as far as I, I can tell, BSG have tried to try to implement um, blacked out arms now being penetrable by mm. our shots. Um, yeah. <clears throat> why did we get onto that? That car's really put me off. <laughs> we were talking about the PK06, and then you were talking about when you get shot, your arms flail around. Yes, thank you, like mate. A, uh, one of those big blow up things outside one of the stores in the states wacky inflatable arm flailing team exactly guys. yeah yeah um <laughs> one of them so basically yeah the whole massive issue with the whole thing was the fact that the pk6 and, and the mpr45 people were using the uh the rk1 on the b25u mount as well the 45 degree foregrip because what it was doing it was manipulating their arms in such a way that they could basically right. cover that whole uh, yep. l uh lethal hitbox um extra armor extra yes, protection exactly and i think think that is why one of they the proved it why... there's some really interesting videos on youtube where they did a lot of tests and actually proved the issue and posted it and then the next day nikita took it all down uh, i say nikita broadly because nikita is nikita but bsg took it took them down and that's when they uh, started to go up in price I'm, i don't know what they're doing with the pk6 because obviously at the start of this wipe they increased the price quite dramatically it used to be what 16 18 000 rubles and now it got doubled and like then it got doubled again i think as well so i'm interested to see why that's still off but the nc star is back but um i'd wonder if that's just because everyone uses it seen where he was talking about it, um but i've seen multiple things on reddit and subreddit about I tried to look for it, um, but the podcast where he talks about reworking the PK06 and one reason was they don't think that 90% of the player base should use one site. And then the other one was <laughs> that um, the site doesn't match. It doesn't match the IRL version of the site and um, how it's the IRL version is more of an ACOG style kind of. It's a sucky site. It's not a reflex that everybody chooses for their IRL builds. And so um, people are saying that they wanted to rework it to match a couple of different things, but also so that people wouldn't be running only that site and neglecting the 40 other sites in the game. It's the only site that seems realism. to work properly, though. <laughs> <laughs> I get the yeah. realism, but yeah. if yeah. everyone likes one site, they can't really do anything about it. I mean, the people have different <laughs> things. I love the Valde. 
and the Valde was broken a few wipes ago. They fixed it, and now you can see down it properly when you bring it up and uh, actually look into it. And I love the Valde. Does that mean that you know next patch they're going to take that away and make it more difficult? That's it's just such a strange uh, concept. Well, isn't, Get, isn't the making issue, it more realistic? Isn't, isn't the issue there the, the fact that like they need to fix all the other issues to make these yeah, things work? Right? They need yeah. to fix the yeah. they need to fix the actual the the reticles themselves. They need to fix these like the weird FOV. Um, yeah, and yeah. targeting issues they need to fix like I don't know is the is the like laser and um, kind of like optic alignment is that is that fixed yet I, I can't actually remember where you have uh, where you have the um, the site like moves around as you as you strafe and it, and it doesn't target properly I'm not sure it. but there's so many there's so many different issues especially around FOV um, which is which is problematic I mean uh, yeah, Veritas's video that he put out ages ago still stands true today I, I think um, and can be seen for Things like the VSS, but I mean, that's, uh, I mean, the PK6 just works. That's why people use it because it actually works yeah. and it's nice. And some of the others are so strange and the, the dot moves around in weird ways and it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. The PK6 is probably one of the best sites and that's why everyone uses it is because of the lack mm-hmm. of changes on the other sites. Go ahead, Dan. Sorry. I was just going to say the MRS, uh, I think is a site that you're talking about where you can actually cycle through the reticles and some of them, wiggle yeah. around like crazy and then you'll cycle to the next reticle on the same site and it's quite nice and uh and stable uh, which is really really odd and i'm not 100 sure if that's the way it works in reality i, I guess it isn't um but it is it is really strange um sticking towards the sort of founding raid thing um eventually what i can see and from what i what i can tell from over the years is um a lot of the best stuff i mean i think majority of things eventually will be found in raid only anyway um so things like sites things like uh high tier weapons things like you know uh good foregrips and that sort of thing i think a lot of stuff is going to be found in raid in the future um and traders will offer kind of more basic stuff like you'll get your meds you'll get your you know basic food and stuff like that um but what i can envision is that in the future you know especially to encourage looting and to encourage um putting things to talk of uh as a place it's somewhere where you need to like basically try and pull things together and do what you can with what you can get now in talk of at the moment what you can do with what you can get is literally you can go on the flea market buy a full loadout in space of like 10 seconds and you are now like you know terminator um in the future i think it's going to be more centered around like pooling resources for example like in clans and stuff like that pooling resources and then trying to like you know make the best of it make you know i have a i have a site i have a i have a flashlight and it's like i'll swap you this site for this flashlight and then both you guys have got flashlights and sites and you know that sort of thing um and obviously a lot of that to do is to do with the um the fact that we need to test everything you know the abundance of weapons and items and gear and stuff is because we need to uh, everybody needs to get access to them in you know relatively simply um but yeah the the whole founding raid thing i think is going to be more uh i think as time goes on over this over the next year i think we're going to see more and more items go founding raid only like the pico 6 i do actually hope that that is the case that's kind of the way that i think me and church spoke about this on the very first um kind of like mini podcast that we did about and those yeah me rambling on about talking about hardcore and all of this kind of stuff as well but I mean, yeah, I, I totally get it, right? If it's if it's in beta and they want people to test stuff, then that's fine. Everybody can have access to everything. That's that's totally cool. But I, I 100% agree that that's the way that it should go and that 
some really really hardcore things I mean, it's really just a it's a it's a kind of ph philosophy question as to whether you should be able to convert 100 stock ak's into a better m4 or not right and it's like people always then complain about the more the hardcore you make the game the harder you make it for newer players because they can't just go and buy the stuff that they want but i always feel that the flea market kind of benefits people who are at the end game because they can buy buy yeah. whatever, right? Like if you're if you're at the end game and you don't have an HK416, but you can't buy one, you have to find it in raid. It's surely that only hurts the people who are going to go and buy those weapons. I don't know because at the beginning of the game, when you don't have the flea market, you're before level ten, you play like that anyway. You can only use the things that you find, and it's only when you actually reach level ten that then you can go and buy stuff. But the good stuff's all super expensive anyway. Um, I don't know. I, I do think that the more finding raid stuff would be would be good because then it gives people more incentives, as you say, to loot. Um, as Shifty's seen on my, you don't loot. On my stream, I you don't, don't really loot at all. It's just you not never necessary. Loot. You don't. You don't really need to. You don't need to. You don't need to do. I hardly loot anything. It's like it's you know between the hideout. I, I'm and, like, are you going to loot that safe? No, I'm not touching the safe. Why would I ever touch a safe? I don't need anything in the safe. Like, I just uh, yeah, I don't think right. like many more fights and things, but like it would incentivize people to actually go and do this stuff because if when you can buy anything, I, I feel it sort of undermines the the looting aspect of the game. And yeah, yeah the PvP is great, but yeah, to actually get people to go out and do do that stuff, or if you kill somebody and they have something that's only fine in raid, it's more exciting. I feel that that's one little element that is kind of missing at the moment is that thing of you know finding something that's super exciting because you never see it or someone's you know worked to piece it together. Like, and I was kind of like put out there like a random idea where you know certain parts would be really really rare and once a week skier might give you a quest and so you have to go do this difficult thing but you can requisition like a western part i'll order it in for you so you you might have like you know you found like the various pieces to put a p90 together because they're, they're super difficult to 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 get because you can't buy them and then you can like order a bespoke part from skier if you complete a quest for it like one of the weekly is something like that I know. I just uh, I think it would make it more interesting to then when you come across those high tier weapons because I don't know, at this point I don't get excited by any of the loot that I find. I don't know if that's yeah. the same as anyone else, but I'm not excited if I find a meta um, a meta M4 or, or HK or an SVD that's modded out or whatever. Unless it's like a GL, then it's just not it's just not exciting. And I think like more finding rate stuff actually would make that make that bit better. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the the rarity would would be more exciting for sure. Sort of time. Yeah, back it definitely to... brings something to it. Sorry. <laughs> sort of tying yeah, back it. to um, ha having a more concurrent or frequent wipe schedule is uh, having that everyone progressing, you know, going through the progression. Not about, it's not less about doing quests, but it's just about progressing because it, then it, for me, like when the wipe happens, it's so much more exciting when I kill someone that has. What I at the at the time considered good gear, you know, like a kilo vest, whereas now the game is more like everyone's kind of got their money, right? So anyone can run whatever they want. But then it really like diminishes the game down to its shooter elements, like almost like a COD simulator, which isn't a bad thing because I, I think the shooter <laughs> elements of this game are really good. But for me, like I I don't have like any excitement or like that you know intensity because everything feels meaningless. Like oh I died, like yeah I died, I, I'm not happy I died. But it's not like I really lost anything, right? Because I just have all my wealth, you know? This is the thing that's going to be changing. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing I find is, and I'm sure you've all experienced this, is depending on the day that you are within the wipe. So say day one of the wipe, I mean, it, you're not going to expect people to be anywhere other than trying to get the gold pocket watch. 
Whereas, you know, a month or two into the white, people are starting to do loot runs. They're going for that Ledex in interchange. They're going for Kiba. They're going for the uh, shoreline runs. They're trying to get money. And there's been a, a patch where everyone then was running labs to try and make money. I found a month, six weeks ago, running labs was either hacker paradise or you just run into groups of four or five people incredibly geared. But the last week or two, I've been running labs and I've found that actually it's kind of settled down again. People have started getting more options to run shoreline and interchange and find other places to get money and enjoy PvP. The last couple of days, customs has been absolutely popping. I have no idea why, but there's the biggest geared people in the world going to customs right now. And I mean, it, yeah, everyone can have that loot. Everyone can run it. But it's kind of settled down, if that makes sense. There are still people doing quests. There's people that are picking it up again. But it's kind of, you can go anywhere now and have a good raid, find good PvP, find good looting, find good kind of combat. Whereas a month or so ago, I found that if you went to a certain places, you would just run into non-stop problems like all the time. And I kind of feel that it's kind of settled into a good routine now. I don't know if anyone else feels that way. but I just feel like I kind of run into decently geared people everywhere no matter where i go i seem to get a good fight yeah. no matter which map i'm running now which is which is quite nice i was, I was running a, before i took a took, took my little break i was running a lot of reserve and obviously there's some decent decent players there but even between reserve and customs it does it doesn't seem too too different to be honest there's um there's a lot of reasonably geared people all over the place not not like the thickest people on customs but um reserve at least you do get some some decent fights right because people are there to fight raiders and and gluhar and uh, and it's been it's been good. It's been a good time. For sure. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, one. Of, I think the one thing that we do need to remember as well is like, the, we we do have all this wealth and we do all, all, we do have all this good stuff and all this nice stuff. But like, that's not the overall you know, vision of the game. Um, so we, we can only really at the moment comment and sort of judge what we can play. Um, mm -hmm. You know, as human beings, we, we can only really comment and or talk about what we what we can experience. Uh, we can speculate and stuff like that, but obviously, you know, we're not mind readers. We don't know exactly what BSG and, and Nikita want to do in the future. All we can do is really talk about um, things that they've, they've hinted at and, and stuff like that. I know, you know, not a lot of things about Tarkov's future are quite closely guarded because obviously they want to surprise us and they want to make sure that, you know, they can develop the way they, they, they want to develop. Um, but, you know, the, having, this was also spoken about by the devs as well, like seasonal wipes and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how many of you guys are um, aware of, I think it's Path of Exile. I'm, I've spoken I've spoken about this quite a lot with, with my guys, so they're going to know exactly what I'm about to say. Uh, but with, I think, Path of Exile, you have, like, a seasonal character and then you have, like, a permanent or persistent character. Um, in Tarkov, eventually, we are going to have multiple characters. We're going to have, I believe, like, a bear. We're going to have a Yusek, and then I think we're going to have, like, a Scav um, kind of thing. We'll, we will have multiple characters, which we can... I don't know if they're going to share resources. I don't know if they're going to have their own hideouts. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but multiple characters is planned, and... Um, you know, I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna um, provide a lot of the longevity for the game. You know, going through the story mode, and again, this leads me on to another point. So, uh, essentially, what we're gonna have in the end is we're gonna have three modes on Tarkov: uh, story mode, free roam, and arena. Okay, so um, once we've like finished our story mode, 
it will open up free roam. Now, I think as far as I'm aware, everybody will have to finish story mode before they can play on the free roam mode. Um, so, like, resources are going to be become a lot more scarce. Uh, it's going to be harder to build up this wealth. Are people still going to be able to do that? Yeah, of course they are. Um, and now this is this is a really good point as well with regards to um, BSG. You know, who are they going to allow to... Like, where's the line going to be? Where's the bar going to be for who's going to be allowed to amass ridiculous amounts of wealth versus, you know, who, <clears throat> what level of player or what style of player or what player uh, demographic is going to be, is going to experience the Tarkov experience? Does that make sense? Because the Tarkov experience is not having millions of rubles in the bank and access to all the gear. The Tarkov experience is living day by day. You know, if you read any of the books, if you look into any of the law, it is literally living day by day and you never know when you're going to die. Um, so I think, long story short, we will see resources become more scarce and we will be experiencing that more. And we won't be, I think as creators as well and as players, I think we won't be as like um, used to having so much nice stuff. You know, I think we will all be kind of like in the shit together. I hope so anyway. Like I think maybe that's really gonna change. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, I think I, I think making the game like slowly going down towards the sort of bit of a more hardcore path would be good. But I think it's just gonna depend on exactly how it shapes up as to how we're gonna make money, right? It's like, you know, I've not been playing as long as you, but in the previous wipes when uh, I, I never played without the flea, to be fair. Um but in the the um the white previous, I made pretty much all my money just leveling the traders up and then just selling ammo back on the fleet. Right, that was just it was just way too easy. Um, and I actually really I love the market stuff in in the game, and I'm a little bit sad that it changed the way it did. I actually think it's for the good of the game. Don't get me wrong; I think the game is better for it. But um, you know, I had to change my style up quite significantly, um, being just rinsing the flea market before then, which was really easy and not very Tarkov, and uh, quite straightforward once you've got level four traders with everybody. Um, and then moving into this wipe, which is really kind of hideout centric, I think, which I also quite enjoy. I enjoy crafting stuff in the hideout too. But again, I think people have said that this wipe is probably the hardest wipe to make money overall, um, partly with PvP changes and the, the finding raid disappearing from, from players too. But with the hideout, I've actually found it quite straightforward. And I think that some of that they need to tone down a little bit as well. Um, but then again, it's, it's the always... Bitcoin farm. Yeah, the Bitcoin farm is just... People would be maker. like... It's always difficult oh. because like... <laughs> New guys, new guys struggle so much in EFT, and I think it's so important to remember when new players coming into the game, like trying to get give them the experience where like you're right on it. So it's a very fine line to run between somebody playing, finding it really, really difficult, but like it's rewarding and they have a few great moments and like they carry on, as opposed to literally just repeatedly punching them in the face until they leave and never play again. And it's quite a fine line, I think. <laughs> yeah, and then for some sure. people just like getting punched in the face. And that's why they come to Tarkov. <laughs> that's why we play. That's true. Exactly. That's <laughs> this is a really good point uh, that's been brought up in the chat here. Um, so you said something about this wipe being the hardest wipe to make money on so far. Now, I would agree with you up until the point where my only caveat to that would be this is the hardest wipe to make money since the inclusion of the flea market. Now, before yeah. the flea, Tarkov was a completely different place. Like it was, it was hard. It was man. Wasteland. Like, it was. It literally was, wasn't it? It was. It was it crazy. Was you hard, had to find man. stuff. <laughs> See, I'm quite sad that I didn't play by then because I think that would be much more man. like what I imagine Tarkov 
would be like because i think i almost find the flea market a bit weird and like yeah if you're saying it's a it's a tool to allow more people to practice and play the game and beta test stuff then fine but it's almost a bit strange the flea market right you've got this like fully fledged modern like you know stock listing system in in a hardcore survival game where nothing works and so it's it's i think it has to be seen as a mechanic for people to experience the the beta test as opposed to being like a fundamental part of the game um but yeah i can look i can imagine i could only uh, only uh, get your guys experience on what it was like pre-fleet but i think it was kind of how i envisaged the game in my head it is it, it genuinely was it was it was so much harder and and actually it was quite like a holiday almost when the flea market was released because you could just go on and be like oh i need that one mount to put that on the gun let's just go buy it on the flea market instead yeah. of having to try and scout it out and find it and it made it before, a lot easier this was before both founding raid flea and founding raid tasks so it was like oh you need seven packets of cigarettes you just <laughs> oh i just, just buy them buy five packets of cigarettes <laughs> and give them to mechanic and mechanic's like yeah sweet thanks you know, you know life's good it, it was there was it was crazy like the flea market is polarizing. yeah no absolutely the flea market is such a polarizing aspect of the game like i don't i can't i don't know if you guys remember there was a little bit of a like a campaign petition kind of thing that went on a couple of months ago it's probably long way longer than that ago but you know time sort of flies by um and essentially that people were saying like let's try and petition bsg to remove the flea market and they mm, asked me yeah. nikita personally addressed this and said guys the flea market is staying and you know it, i would i don't know i would i would love i would love for like i'd love to go back and try it like play mm. purely trader Tarkov yeah. again but i don't like artificial uh, this is the reason why i don't do hardcore runs and stuff like that is because i don't like i don't like being restricted versus other players like if i'm going to be fighting right. other players i want them to be on the same you know mm -hmm. wavelength yeah, I, agree, I get yeah. that um but i would absolutely love even if it's just like uh you know like the pre-wipe events that they do and stuff like that i'd love like a, a a week or a time period where it's like this week there will be no flea, mar flea market um or you wake up one day on a monday and they don't announce it because if they announce it everyone's just gonna buy it everyone just stock up <laughs> yeah exactly but I'd, I'd love to just wake up one day and it's there's no flea i'm and pretty sure they did like two wipes ago they did they took away the flea market for a day they gave you a day where everything was they took the way of the flea market for a day or so and then they the next day it was all one everything was one ruble or one dollar yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, you were yeah. able to have you wanted but isn't so this like they said they're going to have some of these um they're going to have like a test account right they're going to have like a test se second server i'm sure i'm sure they said that they're going to do this and so you can have like a smaller group of people who can test it without like it'd be it'd be cool i was gonna say what would you guys think about like how we talked about <clears throat> the game pushing into having uh different accounts right like some of the games have already implemented but and you have two ways that you can play the game. You have a way that you can play with no flea market and that account can only play that version of the game. And then there's your other account, which plays it as is. But I, but I was also going to say like about the flea market, I'm so back and forth on it because I feel like if there was a couple of changes, um, slightly big changes, but I think that if there was a few changes to the flea market, there would be a lot less frustrated people with the flea market at, in whole. One being a uh, flea market, 
um, changes per server so that the quantities were minimized, but they were only for the server that they were on, um, making it so that there wasn't like infinite amounts of items that people can constantly be um, putting on there and taking. And then even making more of those items found in raids. So less items, less quantity of items, um, more specific to the server. And then it would make it so that the flea market would be a place where you can buy maybe your basic essentials and the occasional nice items, but you wouldn't be able to, like you guys were saying, make, all right, today, guys, before raids, we're going to uh, make 20 meta AKs. We're going to make 10 meta HKs and we're going to make 10 meta M4s and mm -hmm. we're just going to go for it. You know what I mean? So it would give a little bit of a different aspect and it would put people on more of an even playing field because the reason why meta is what it is is because like Dan's saying, like, I, I want to do the hardcore a lot of the times, but at the same time, if I know that there's going to be four juicers with, with all the meta in slot and I'm just going to get roasted, then it becomes unfun after four times of trying to do that, you know? So, um, I mean, I think that it would help. What is your guys' opinion on that? I think if it was server-based, I'd find it very frustrating. I mean, I play with a lot it of Americans. I play with a lot of... Uh, uh, people and I end up playing at like two, three in the morning. Now, there's probably a lot of people in the UK that are playing at that time, but I can tell you there's nowhere near as many yeah. people as in the States. So, if I was I trying to go into that. a raid with friends and I couldn't buy something on the flea market because everyone's gone to bed because they're not <laughs> hardcore enough to uh, yeah. stay awake all night and play, <laughs> but it would make it that. really frustrating for me. And that's when you start getting people having to use VPNs and going to different places. And I think doing it that way is silly. But on the same concept, then I mean, it from the other point of view limiting the number of each item that can be on the flea market every hour or having some sort of system where you effectively book your items in for auction i i have no idea that's like mm -hmm. really stupid but being able to have an un a limited amount of those items now the issue would be as we've all experienced the resurgence of bots essentially i mean how many people were trying to buy stuff a, a wipe or so ago on the flea market when you had a bot that was buying instantly? The second you limit it, you're going to start running into a whole different barrel of fish. And so I think the better way of doing it is almost a hybrid of what Gigabeef and uh, Dan were saying in the sense that we go back to the dark ages where essentially everything is a lot harder to find and the founding rain is so extreme and the traders don't sell it that you kind of limit the number of items that go on there just by the fact that they're a lot rarer and a lot scarcer in turn increases the price which means that less people can buy it and it just becomes like a, a vicious circle that could make the game a lot more fun i feel like one of the issues that people always have, say about the flea market thing they say oh well it's going to be the casual players not going to be able to play anymore because they're not going to be able to buy the good rounds they're not going to be able to buy and they're not going to be able to keep up with you know the, the top level players and i find it's I feel like if you if you just make stuff rarer and more expensive, then you don't. I feel like in some ways you don't hurt the higher end players enough. And again, as what Dan was saying before, you know the Tarkov experience is not supposed to be having millions of rubles being able to buy whatever you want. And what goes to saying, right? By where you go, we're going to make twenty meta HKs. And the only reason why that's possible is because other people have found those items. You can pay whatever for them because you've got loads of money. And mm -hmm. I just feel like it's just like it's just one of those tricky things, right? It's like as I said before, beginners don't have access to the flea and they play the game as the talk of experience and it's only high level players who are building meta builds that can just access everything and buy whatever they like and restricting the flea market for certain items I'd, i'm not sure exactly how you do it honestly but like yeah restricting it so you just can't buy certain things at all there's no way to buy them there's no way at all then it doesn't matter how much money you've got because you simply can't buy those things 
And it's gotten better though. I mean, this wipe's gotten so much better since the founding raid. I mean, there's not like 10 million HKs that are currently on the flea market. Sometimes you're struggling with only one page of items. I mean, it That's has true. got better. There is a lot less demand. And it's gone up in price. It's done exactly that. There's less of them. They've gone up in price. There's no way that I'm going to, you know, if you if you loot someone on labs or shoreline and you take a meta HK, you can't then just go stick that on the flea market and sell it to anyone now, which means that you run it, which is why you're seeing people run them far more because you can't just sell them for profit and keep running your base level AKM that's just a one tap god and stealing it and putting it straight on the flea market. I mean, I used to do it. I, I kill someone with a meta gun. I wouldn't use it. I'd stick it straight on the flea market and use something cheaper and make the money off of it. So actually, you're finding you're running into a lot more people that have them because they have to use them. They can't do anything else with them other than trading them. And why would you trade that? I think what I would like to see is less of an importance on traders. Kind of going back to what Dan and uh, Shifty were talking about, like the from what I've read and understood, uh, pre flea market, if you were had max level traders, you were like a juggernaut, right? No one else can contest you unless you had another juggernaut in your lobby and part of that is due to the hitbox changes but that's another story so and then when the flea market came out it was sort of like the great equalizer right because you would hit level 10 and you would find the best way to make money or the safest way to make money and then you could run whatever kit you want or you could buy a, a mosin and take out a juice guy and so <laughs> to me what i would like to see is less of an importance on traders because the people that benefit the most i think are the ones that grind you know 72 hours and get max traders or whatever and then now they get the price is so it's set for them so they never have to pay a premium for like this top tier i mean think about it. when you build a loadout now how many items do you actually buy from the free flea market right i would say maybe like 80 percent you buy from traders because you have like all the so they're about a quarter of the price. What's the, that? The ones they're they're a quarter of the price because it's so much yeah, harder it, to find and raid. Yeah. So, so if you can buy them from the trader, it's much easier. Same for like uh, ammo. Like M sixty two is like five dollars or something from Peacekeeper, which is insane yeah. to me because it's like two k on the flea market. So I never have to pay a, a premium, you know, unless unless I run out of ammo. But I just keep. Every two hours, I'm like, okay, gotta buy ammo, gotta buy ammo, gotta buy this, you know. So I, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I think that some of the changes that have been made already, um, I've definitely noticed running. I mean, if I'm deciding that I'm gonna play Tarkov or stream Tarkov for eight hours or plus that day, I'm gonna be running a good amount of raids, and it kind of forces me to decide if I want to use different weapons because of the changes in traders now upping the price for top tier ammos and lowering the quantity yeah um i i mean that's just me but now i'm thinking like wow am i going to go in with four mags this time because if i do this twice now i have to start buying you know two thousand uh yeah. rubles around for this gun or i need to switch my weapon um i think that what they did with that is a definitely a step in the right direction because in my opinion, what's been happening now, I, I have probably been playing Tarkov the least amount out of all of you. So I'm trying not to weigh in on like the things that have been in the game for a long time because I just don't know. But from my experience in playing the game, it seems like there has been a constant emphasis on having um, good ammo and the ammo is only getting better. And it's making armor feel very paper-like in a lot of senses. Okay. Like, yeah, it, it's like even if you're running, you know, class five, 
it sometimes I just feel like, man, they literally yeah. just thoraxed me, blew right through that because they're running BS or whatever else. And so making it so that these top tier ammos are harder, I have noticed a difference that my armor feels better. And that's the only way I could describe it is like going into raids, I feel like a little bit thicker than before. Yeah, whereas yeah. no matter how thick you go in, you're just going to get melted, you know? So um, that's that's what I've noticed so far. What about you guys? That's where the hideout comes in as well, though, because you can also craft the ammo. Yep. A lot of the uh, mid to high tier uh, ammos, you can start out craft for a lot cheaper than buying them. But I mean, if you're going to run full auto, now I'm, I'm like you guys, I prefer semi-auto guns because it uses less ammo mainly. Because if you're going with an MPX, I mean, you can buy, what, 7 and 37 or whatever it is for, mm -hmm. what, 90 rounds yeah. of time or something stupid? That's like <laughs> one burst of a, an MPX in, in my head. You can literally just breeze through that in, in 10 seconds flat. And then what ammo do you use? Okay, use AP, AP6 or whatever it is. And you start going through your ammos until you have to use a different gun. You don't have a stock of that ammo. So, I mean, it's definitely... I'm feeling the ammo drought for sure. And the ammos that I seem to lean towards now is 55A1, uh, BP, and um, AP6. Like They're the free ammos that I kind of roll through, uh, ignoring M62 and stuff, because they're the kind of easier to get slash more quantity available ammo types that are out there. I think that's really... Sorry. No, go for it, go for it. I was going to say, I think that's a really interesting point, because... Um... It makes you it makes you think, doesn't it? It makes you think, you know, should I be using this, especially stuff like M sixty two, should I be using this in a in an SA fifty eight or should I be using it in like an M1 A or M A T S A fifty eight is is the meta now because you can get more ammo for it, can't you? It's a lot cheaper and it doesn't matter so much. Yeah, and you can you can literally just, you know, host people down with it. But that that's the thing. It's it it kind of like I don't know if restricts is the right word. It's, it's kind of restricting, but in a good way. It's like, okay, you can only access this much ammo. You know, you need to you need to think about how you're going to ration this anim ammo. You know, yeah. you, you need mm -hmm. to think about how you're going to use this good stuff. You know, are you going to like build it up over time and, 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 you know, have a stash of it over a few days? Or are you going to, you know, uh, chuck it into a DMR, have a couple of uh, magazines handy and the rest in your, in your gamma? You know, you, it does make you think, more about and and i love everything that makes tarkov more of a thinking game i've always yeah. enjoyed you know with regards to like your your weight system uh healing animations packing mags stuff like that like every time something comes up for tarkov that that makes it more of a thinking game like i've enjoyed that and you know it it, it comes away from uh you know just your usual run and gun sort of experience um so, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really been finding it too difficult. I tend to, like, you know, if I know that I'm running low on ammo and stuff like that, I can I can think, right, okay, you know, the next thing I'm going to do is going to push for the extract and then keep an eye on the trader times and stuff like that. Um, but I generally, yeah, I generally just go between, like, 855A1, um, using, like, 62 at the moment as well. Um, and I kind of just switch between the two, you know, and I haven't found it, found it to be too difficult, really. Um, but, again, you know, I try to, you know, I've tried to become more accurate in order to then counteract the fact that there's less ammo. You know, if there's less, <laughs> if there's less of something, then you want to be using less of it. You know, if you. So you're you increasing to... your attachments to lower your recoil to give you a better chance of killing them. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly it. Um, I think this is kind of what BSG want, though, isn't it? It's like they restrict the restrict the ammo because you know it is supposed to be a restricted environment where you're supposed to be using different things. You're not supposed to use the same weapons over and over and over and over and over again. Um, 
but I do. I, th- I feel like the same way as as uh, as you do, to be honest. Because I tend to run. I actually tend to run lots of different weapons. It's like I sometimes run the same gun, like two raids or three raids in a row. But it's not all that often, honestly. I like to switch it up a lot, um, just in the way I play. And so I tend to find that I'm using different ammo types. It's actually a bit annoying switching in and out stuff and spare bullets out of your case all the time. But it's just kind of what I like to do. And so it's never really been a been a huge problem because you can still you can still hoard. I think there's a tendency for people to hoard a lot of ammo as well. Mm-hmm. And you just fill a whole um, a whole ammo case with whatever. Yeah. You just keep going after it on every refresh and just buy loads of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a I'm, maybe it's because, as I said before, I'm more of a full auto guy. But I do like the fact that they're introducing more things where you're where you've got more choices. Because typically, I'm I was always originally more of a strategy game player than um, than an FPSer. I always used to play some FPS like uh, the old CS and um, and Call of Duty. But I've always typically been much more of a like uh, real time strategy one v one competitive type type guy. And so that that element of Tarkov really int- interested me when I first started to play, which is like, oh, this is actually much more of a thinking game than it is about a shooting game. Um, and there's actually one interesting thing about the time to kill because the time to kill is is so fast. It's almost kind of, I don't know, it almost actually makes the, the FPS skill slightly lower because if you don't see them and they see you, it's very easy to kill right. somebody if you've got decent ammo. I find anyway, yeah. I mean, you might disagree, but yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. something like Apex Legends, where the time to kill is super, super high, it takes ages to kill somebody. The person who can hold the M1 down on the other person the longest is kind of going to win. So it sort of actually is more, um, and you can use your FPS skills a little bit, a little bit more in a game that has a, a higher time to kill on it, in my, in my opinion anyway. Whereas in EFT, there's a lot more tactics, positioning, camping, yes. I mean, it's kind of the, the flip side of that, but um yeah and then you've got the weight system and the you know what you're going to take with you and then the whole economy side of the game which is its own which is its own wonderful wonderful side for sure one thing one thing that i find really interesting about tarkov as well is and i don't i don't want to bash the devs when i say this um because i only started playing pc end of 2017 like tarkov was my first pc game and i'm still here you know yeah yeah so like basically the one thing that i really enjoy about tarkov versus other first-person shooter games is that it kind of feels like the game has been made for and made by people who aren't the best at first-person shooters, but they have, like, the ability to, like, think and they have the ability to, like, uh, make decisions and, and, and stuff like that. Like, if you look at some of the stuff like people get really frustrated about as well, especially competitive players, they get really frustrated about things like uh, the recoil control skill in Tarkov, the uh, how effective f- attachments and stuff like that are in Tarkov, at, at, mm. you know, mitigating recoil and stuff like that. Um, you know, and if I play any other FPS, I am complete dog shit. Like, I am so bad <laughs> at, at any first-person shooter. I am really bad. Like, if I play COD or, you know, God forbid, play apex or anything like that i would just get destroyed like i would just get absolutely annihilated apex. In, oh. in tarkov like i don't know i kind of found my calling as a like i say i, I mean I, I i stopped tarkov was my first pc game and within three months of, of of touching keyboard and mouse for like the first time in my life within three months i started streaming the game and kind of learning it as we went you know and i think if Tarkov didn't have that kind of like, and I don't want to insult anybody when I say this, but that lower entry level 
of like mm. accessibility, I think I would have really struggled to like really get a grasp on the game and, and get to the, I mean, I used to be really bad. Now I'm just slightly bad, you know, like <laughs> got leveled up it's, a little it's, bit. It's the level of people that come into it. Cause it's, it's interesting because I've got loads of friends that I'm like, Tarkov is amazing. You just got to give it a chance and they give it an hour and in their head, because they play Apex, they play COD, and they can get into it, and they can destroy on Battlefield with, you know, a set gun, etc. There's so many mechanics and stuff they have to learn that they're not willing to put the time and effort in. And it's the same with everything. I mean, you, you can't learn a language in a day, but if you spend a lot of time doing it and you practice it and you do it over and over again, you can uh, you can ace it. And th that's yeah. what I like about Tarkov is, is it's the actual game is a skill that you have to learn and it's something that everyone learns in their own way and they have a, a different way of playing it to everybody else but it's so flexible in that manner that there is no two raids that are the same there's no two anything that players that are the same yes you have meta guns and you have meta hks and people that are like running them in full auto and wear the top tier armors and they wear the same kind of things but i guarantee you their strategies are different they'll play with those items in completely different ways i mean how many times did you ever see someone throw a grenade and run straight into the room they threw the grenade in before people started doing it recently to to you know put people off and kill them and then get back out before it blew up i mean yeah m67 the, the skill crew, ceiling. <laughs> exactly the, the the skill ceiling is huge and it doesn't seem to be um finding a limit at any point soon people are coming up with new and ingenious ways like the introduction of being able to jump out of windows in dorms i mean that's revolutionary the amount of times that I didn't realize you could run onto the roof and jump through the window and get shot from behind. Like it's, it's just, you have to spend time learning every little bit about the game to give you such a, an advantage over everyone else. I think that's the surprising thing for people when they first come is that like the, the game, the, the barrier to entry is really a knowledge barrier rather than necessarily yeah. like an FPS skill barrier. Yeah. And that's the thing that people have a misconception about when they first come in. And it's like, I mean, I think everybody must must remember this, right? Especially people who started later when there's other people who are already decent at the game, right? It's like you spend the first 10 hours getting shot from literally nowhere. You don't know where it was. You don't know who it was. You never saw them. Like, it's it's brutal. Right? And that's why it's so hard. Because <laughs> Where's the kill know, cam? Where's the kill cam? <laughs> yeah, there's no kill cam. You don't know. Like, that's actually the reason why I started streaming in the first place. I think I mentioned this previously, but I, I started streaming in the first place so that I had somewhere free to record my stuff so I could go back and look at my desk to find out where people were. That was like... <laughs> um because of the the lack of a replay system um which i was so used to from from the other games i played but yeah i mean it's just it's a it's a knowledge game and i love i love that kind of thing it's um it's, it's super super good yeah Definitely. when i first played i i was not a fan of the recoil system because i was used to like having to manually control the recoil so i found it really like counterintuitive that my pmc is automatically like pulling down like the recoil goes up and down that was like such a hard thing to adjust to but uh yeah, I definitely, I definitely like the more uh, strategic. I never even approach. knew that. <laughs> oh, you never knew that. <laughs> I didn't realize that that's what the skill did. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's just built into the game mechanic. You know, the recoil goes up when you full auto, and then it goes down slightly. But uh, yeah, we're uh, getting close to our time. I wanted to give an opportunity for people to uh, plug themselves, but um, we'll definitely have to pick up a lot of these uh, topics, especially the uh, economics. I'm really uh, a lot of ideas I have about it, and I'm curious what you guys may uh, think or your own ideas. Ideas yeah. for what? Uh, the the economy. I wanted to like touch on some more points, but uh, we're running out of time. So well, we could do it. We can we can do it another time. That's fine. That'd yeah, be, for sure. Okay. We gotta have something for the next one. 
And they might actually do a uh, podcast before our uh, podcast. We've got new stuff to talk about. I mean, the last two podcasts we've done, BSG have cancelled their blooming announcements just before we've done the podcast (laughs) to limit what we're able to talk about. (laughs) We're sat here trying to talk about the new stuff, and yet, no, apparently not. Yeah, I was kind of worried that they were going to be like, all right, the podcast is starting at uh, 8 p.m. UK time. (laughs) I was like, oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. Um, you can f- find me on Twitter, uh, Church1x1. If you're interested Is it in me? Next. Sure. <laughs> sure. Who? Yeah, uh, you can find me on uh, the internet, Dan Exit. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, forums. <laughs> You'll find me in the law section of the forums. The law section. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks, thanks, guys. I really appreciate the the chat tonight. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's not on Reddit good. though. Not, not on Reddit. Not, not on Reddit. Reddit. Nah. Yeah, you can find most of my stuff on YouTube um, on on Gigabeef. Um, I've kind of like slowed down a little bit um, recently in the last last couple of weeks, but I'll be I'll be back to it soon when once I've got like a proper schedule reorganized. Shift your ghost and wrap up. Uh, So really quickly, I just want to say that this whole time, this whole time has been very dope because I actually was told to play the game for about five months before I actually decided to play it coming from competitive uh, FPS um, background shooter games. And everyone's like, you're going to love this game. You're going to love this game because you're a thinker and whatever else, right? So many aspects. You like getting punched in the face. But one of i think actually he was the second dan is i think the second person i've ever seen play this game from somebody that wasn't my friend and it was funny because i was like i kind of like his channel i really like the vibe i like how much knowledge he has and then so this is a plug for dan by the way and then so (laughs) then i started looking up stuff because i'm like i need to know about this game so i right away went to the forums and i see him answering all these questions i'm like whoa so it solidified like me coming to the right channel and i just wanted to thank dan because in all honesty i probably wouldn't be playing the game i've learned a huge amount of the game from watching his channel and he has an amazing community and it's always been very welcoming to me as somebody who's brand new to the game and um i've just received a lot of help and and i really think that that was like what catapulted me into wanting to learn the game even more so if you guys don't follow dan you need to follow him because he has a great community and he's a really, really good, knowledgeable, um, humble player. And right now he's even like, oh, no, I'm not that good. Like even earlier, I'm like, bro, I've seen your trailers. I watch you play. Don't don't play. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, you guys can find me. Uh, it, my name's the same everywhere. So uh, whether you're on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram or Twitter, it's XVLN Ghost um, and also Church. I really appreciate it, bro. Um, I know we can probably all say this, having us on here and putting it together. And it's a lot of work doing stuff like this. And, um, you know, we don't take your time lightly as well. So I totally respect you for putting on this podcast. And I appreciate being on it. I appreciate that. Well said. Yeah. Nice one. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shifty. Um, Dan, I, I've actually got fanboys in my channel that wanted me to ask for your autograph. Um <laughs> genuinely people in my chat was like hang on you're on a podcast with dan exit he's a big streamer i was like yeah <laughs> and so uh, it seems uh, to be that you're quite popular everywhere dan so you seem to have uh inspired a nation of tarkov lovers for sure yeah man um tarkov is sick dude so yeah it is it amazing. is it brings people together 
So um, I, I'm, I'm just a, a, a new streamer. I, I love Twitch. I loved Tarkov. Um, my kind of niche is I run monthly doubles tournaments for both streamers and uh, general players like everybody out there. So if you want to join in a doubles tournament, I run them on the fourth Sunday of every single month. The next one is on the 22nd of November. We've currently got 30 teams uh, and we're capped at 30 teams for this one. But next, uh, we're going to double it for the next one. Um, so de definitely come over and have a look uh, if you're interested in playing some doubles tournaments. Um, it's all online, it's all PvP, and it is a right laugh. It's definitely uh, a good fun. There's a lot of streamers that are currently involved, so if anyone wants to get involved, then uh, just jump over to the channel and you can find out more. But uh, Church, again, absolutely loved it, sir. Thank you very much for letting me come by and then chat to everyone. And Gigabeef, again, congratulations on the uh, on the baby. Yeah, Thank you. congrats, you bro. Like you did. Maybe yeah. And I'll definitely be interested to see when your uh, videos start coming back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we'll back, back up soon. Back up soon. Brilliant. Thank you yeah, very much, we'll, everyone. Uh, we'll resume um, first Friday of December, and uh, we'll see you guys then.